Hey everybody, welcome to Throne Riches Podcast. This is Eric Stahl. And I'm Daryl Scott. And welcome to the auto podcast that found the low watermark. Ooh, is that a slam on Daryl Scott? I didn't write that. We'll talk about it later. I did read it. On this episode of Throne Wrenches... We have a guest, and he's not Gabe Casey or Regan. What? Yeah. Jay Leno's garage has a fire. Daryl knows all about it. And Tesla's and salt water apparently do not mix. All that and more on this episode of Throne Wrenches Podcast. Hoping that's it. Shania Twain this week? No, no. I, you know, we need to come up with something new, because I don't know. I did, no feedback on that, by the way. Speaking of feedback, <sighs> if you want to be heard on the show and you want to be heard all around the world, just cast a review on iTunes, and I'll be happy to read it. Uh, I checked again. There are no reviews on iTunes, oh, which is sure. odd, because about a 1,000 people listened last week, but where are you folks at? You know, no pressure. No pressure. Sorry. I did hand out a sticker because some guys rated us. My, a couple of my reps came in from Toyota, and they raided the show with five stars, I think. I thought you meant they raided us like the FBI broke <laughs> yeah, in. Raided. They, yeah, raided. Looked no, through our no, record. No, no. <laughs> we got audited by yeah, the IRS yeah, last no, week. Yeah, just change one word. Uh, changes everything. Uh, anyway, the, the pre-show or the intro there, we talked about maybe a low watermark. Yeah. I don't want to cast stones or disparaging remarks about my co-host. Oh. But <laughs> maybe we had a little production glitch in the last show. So, Did, Do you really think it matters, Eddie? No, nobody said anything. As a matter of fact, uh, I got. I did. I think Don said something. I said, "Ah, no big deal." No yeah, more. it's okay. Let me just explain <laughs> this. And I, I will. I will say yes. I, I. I could have done a better job producing this last program. However, to my credit, uh, I used Eric's method of multi-track recording <clears throat> instead of my tried and true method because my laptop sucks. So, if anybody listening is from the North Pole in Santa's bag this year, um, I would really love to find a new laptop. Yeah, that would be nice. Let's just go. I mean, I'm just going to buy one. Yeah, you've been using that thing for a while, and so we were recording the last episode, mm. and I think it was like five minutes in, all of a sudden it started <laughs> chopping and buffering, and you yeah. couldn't you couldn't watch your uh, waveform on the screen. Right, I was recording with Real Player. Yeah. <laughs> What skin were you using on that? Yeah, the yeah. bento. No, I, it's it sucks. Uh, I need a new laptop, and some say I might need a, an iPad. So anyway, so we use the uh, the new Zoom recorder. Thanks to the Patreon listeners uh, for giving us that Zoom player. But just need a little extra tweak on the production. No big deal. No big deal. But uh, we found the high watermark within the last ten episodes, and maybe the low. I'll do better. All right. I'm going to own this. I'm going to take accountability in right. other corporate thanks, words. Thanks, thanks. Uh, I'm yeah. going to need you to work Saturday, Daryl. be great. All right. Hey, if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, he can rebuild a car, or he can frame and trim out your basement rec room. Mm-hmm. He's a guy to know and you need to get stuff done, unless you're Gabe Casey. He's Daryl Scott. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> you laughing at Gabe? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. He needed a laugh track in there. Uh, well, for those who might not know my coworker, he... He might be in the middle of Movember, which is why my co-host is sporting a very nice mustache, by mm-hmm, the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he looks stylish in any season, even when he's wearing a Patagonia coat while camping at elevation on a trail run. I don't know. Do you have those? I do. Um, or wearing a poncho on a coffee plantation south of the border. We're all waiting on that beard, though. Really, he needs to come in. He's the seasonally mustachioed Eric Stahl. Ah, thank you very much. You're welcome. 
It does. Look I do good. have a Patagonia coat, but I, when I got it, it was on clearance because I really didn't want to be walk around representing Patagonia. But are they a bad not, company? No, I just there's like a stigma that goes on, and it's not about politics. It's just oh, you have a Patagonia, you know. Was your avocado toast to yeah, go with? Believe it? Believe me, I paid thirty five bucks for it on clearance. All right. Okay. Hey, if you don't know our third person in the room, it's Tim Oyer. Uh, Tim, he creates smiles like he's the ice cream man driving down your street, but instead of handing out those sugary sweets, he gives you the key to his SCCA race car and he says let her rip he's more generous he's the most generous man i've ever met he's tim oyer <laughs> oh thank you yeah oh wrong button <laughs> there we go there we go yeah, that's better all right yeah we'll get with tim here and talk all kinds of scca here coming up but first we want to thank our sponsors thank you forts toyota pekin longtime sponsor almost first time sponsor right yeah. Our second sponsor. Second one. Yeah. Uh, they can be found on the web at www.twitter-beacon.com. Find all their new cars and their used cars. We got three Highlanders last week. Oh, spoiler alert. I do work at Ports. Oh. We got uh, three Highlanders in last week. And, uh, man, everything's going. But we're starting to see some inventory stick around. So it's been a lot of fun. And Toyotathon starts and goes till the end of the year. You got a new Sequoia in the lot? We sold our first one oh. instantly. And we sold our TRD Pro in uh, that bright orange, that, tund- that yeah. uh, Tundra. Yep. Nice it was, looking. It was cool. It was... Uh, is it too, too flashy for it's you? It's intense. Yeah. I don't, have you ever seen one or seen the pictures I've of it? I've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures of it. It's definitely... Uh, if you like loud vehicles, that's, that's, that's the color It's attention-grabbing, for, for sure. So anyway. Yeah, check it out. Talk to a salesman. Uh, like I said, www.toyota-pekin.com. They're in North Pekin, Illinois. 15 minutes from anywhere in the Tri-County area. Look them up. And we'd like to say thank you to our other sponsor, Mr. Gabe Casey, who uh, we had a little adventure. More on that in the projects in recent weeks. And we'll, we'll have him back on the show, and he'll definitely have to fill you in on what is going on in, in that garage of his, because it's a lot. Uh, some of us don't even know what all is going on. But um, it's going to be fun. And uh, thanks also to our Patreon members. If you got the pre-show, we had a lovely discussion with Tim, our guest here, about any and all things <laughs> Ford Escort <laughs> ZX2 related, which is really cool. Yeah. We talked a lot about autocross history and you know things like the Dodge Neon ACRs and stuff from back in the day. We even talked about a Mazda Protégé, which nobody's talked about in yeah. ever. No, no. Cool no, cars, though. Yeah, we talked about Ton of stuff. So that was a great pre-show. And also, you Patreon folks, uh, you send in your sizes for you know the swag that's coming. But I think I'm still missing one or two of you. So make sure you get back to me on the size you need on a fresh T-shirt. Info at throwingwrenches.com. Hit us up there and let us know. All right. Uh, so first segment of the show, we usually hop onto projects. I do want to talk a little bit about Tim, though. Before we hop into all this, so you guys all know who Tim is. We had a level set. We got yeah. a level set. Yeah, I think I'm, I may have mentioned Tim uh, last summer when I was talking about doing autocross. Yeah, you mentioned me. Uh, Jason mentioned me uh, about that test and tune that we did over in Pekin. Yeah, but I th- it was that the day that you let me drive your car. Yeah, and I, I think so. And I yeah. was just grinning ear to ear. So, so first off, I mean, you're the local connoisseur of. of the Ford Escort ZX2. Yeah, I'm right? one of the few. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anywhere. Yeah. And so I think when I first met you, you were driving the yellow one, but then you have a dark blue one. Or... Yeah, dark blue one is a chassis that replaced the yellow one. Um, yeah. So my first one I bought in October of 2000 from Mike Murphy Ford in uh, in Morton, and uh, I got that in high school my senior year. Um, kind of messed around with it, got into autocross, modded it. Um, you know, we talked about this in the pre-show. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because I don't know many guys who were in high school, buy a car, and then decide to autocross it. Yeah. Is there a family history? No. Uh, 
Not really. Was my, there a friend? I mean, like Daly had a great story about how Matt Shepard got him into it and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have a friend or anything was doing it? So, no. Um, I bought the car. You know, I started kind of playing around with it, modifying it because, you know, a lot of my friends in high school, it's like before Fast and the Furious came out, uh, you know, like modifying their cars. Um, I ended up going to the military, took it to Alaska with me and then Florida and back. Somewhere in there, I was just sitting on online forums and I was like, why am I modifying this thing? And everybody kept talking about autocross. So I was like, you know, I want to try autocross. So 2007, I got out of the U.S. Coast Guard. I went up to uh, Joliet, Illinois, did my first autocross. And I was like, yeah, this is for me. I had done so much to the car already, though, that it was like in kind of a modified class. I kind of scaled it back a little bit, Um, campaigned that car for a while and was called street touring. Um, And then uh, it got banged up it got got into a couple crashes because i was daily driving that car as well um mm-hmm. and that's when i found a, a yellow ford escort zx2 sr um one of 2000 made and it was just a chassis i was like you know what all i need is a chassis so all of the the engine the trans the interior even everything out of the original black car went into the yellow car and then the yellow car had a fatal death uh you know it that car was loud. I remember standing yeah. on, on yeah. next you know, was we're, we're basically doing our stations yeah. out on the, on the track. Uh-huh. That yellow one was screaming loud. It's like it didn't even yeah. have a header on it. It was just, I don't know what the hell you had going on in the exhaust. Uh, well, I mean, the exhaust, it's two and a half inch stainless steel catback. It's got a resonator and a muffler. But probably what you heard was the individual throttle bodies. Okay. Uh, so I have four intakes, one for each cylinder. And <laughs> it's just a straight shot into the engine, and it's, it's loud. It's um, all custom, right? They're yeah. Not, none of that. I built those ITBs. They're actually Makunis from a GSXR 600 motorcycle. <laughs> and I took a Focus SVT uh, manifold, chopped it up, and uh, put these throttle bodies on them, synchronized them, and spaced them myself. Uh, built the the engine computer that runs it and and tuned it all in and everything. So you didn't so, just go buy a mega squirt. And oh, do it is it is mega squirt, is but it? Okay. it is a custom job. Um, oh, there's actually a guy. He's local now. Uh, Jeff Herkus. He's another escort weirdo like me. Um, <laughs> he's got an SR. Uh, he brought it out to Pekin as well. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he's the guy that really he built my computer. So the uh, the, the mega squirt you have to like wire everything in individually. He made an adapter board. Is this some kind of a throttle injector type it's, thing? It's the computer that runs the, okay. the, basically the spark and the fuel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Standalone yeah. ECM. Yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of serious folks do it. Oh, yeah. Like, Tim, it's not something you're, you know – Weekend hobbyist no. is going to go do. I can I can make changes to my tune between runs at, okay. a, at an autocross with this. Yeah, thing. and so um, we're, I'm always focused on just yeah. staying as, as B Street. I'm trying to stay as close to whatever you know factory stock is. Right, you're you're well beyond that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we um, we got it going with that. He built an adapter board for me that like we basically plug and play the stock wiring harness to this thing, and it's, there's there's a lot going on in there. Um, but this car, I snapped an axle in Rantoul, Illinois. Um, I didn't have a trailer or a tow rig. I was still kind of daily driving the car. My dad came to pick me up, didn't tie it down to the trailer correctly. Oh, no. As we were getting on the interstate, it rolled off and ended up in, a, in a, like a tree. Um, Holy crap. Anybody, so anybody get hit? Nobody got hurt or anything. It was, wow. yeah. Um, so... So did, does dad buy a new car when that happens? No. He was he was kind of happy it happened. He's like, he's towed that thing home for me yeah, so many race, times. No. I think his first comment was, uh, at least I don't have to tow that thing again. Um, so, were, there some, were there some other colorful words in there? Uh, no. It was, it was a very imagine. silent drive back to St. Louis. Um, so, um, yeah, the front end of the car ended up being pushed in two feet. 
and I was I was real torn up about it because I had one of the last rust-free Ford Escorts in the country. It was a good body. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and that was already the second chassis I'd had. So, uh, about a year ago, actually, I found the dark blue one. It was a single owner in uh, in Carbondale, Illinois. I drove down, could not believe there wasn't a speck of rust on this thing. Hmm. Um, so I just I gutted it. I took everything out. I put everything from the original black car, the interior, the transmission, the suspension, the engine, everything. From the original car I bought in high school is in that dark blue one now. Wow. So, yeah, it's a labor of love. And I actually have a Facebook page for it. It's called uh, FSP, which is the class it races in. FSP ZX2, a saga in adversity and and stubbornness. <laughs> Everybody needs to log into that. Yeah, thing. yeah. So, like, it's, it's I'm very it's, stubborn because I've kept the same car for so long. But uh, but when I met yeah. you when we were uh, – when I was – and I, I think pretty much met you through Autocross yeah. uh, at Champagne, you would be running the uh, Fiat as well. Yeah, so when the yellow car died, um, I my daily driver was a, a Fiat Spider, mm-hmm. uh, the one two four Abarth, um, nice hypnotic red with the nineteen seventy two Corsa Bravo uh, racing stripe, so the heritage Abarth. Stripe. I, should, I shouldn't say Abarth anymore. I say Abarth. Ab- Abarth. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I would like. I would like to know what's when correct. I watched the uh, the YouTubers from across the pond review the car. They always said Abarth, but they say Prius too. So I never That's know. True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, I've got this you know little Fiat okay. um, that I ran in C Street for three years. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a ton of fun. It was. It was a great car. Uh, I still have it. I'm thinking about selling it. So I didn't know him that well, and I thought, oh look, he's graduated from those Ford those Fords, and now nope. I got finally got a nope. nice car. No, nope. no, <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> I was so happy when I finally got back in the Escort. It uh, it just does things that it shouldn't do, and it's yeah. it's a piece of me. Like there's just so much of my life put into developing that car. And, Custom made one-off parts that nobody else would think of making for you know an obsolete. How great is that? Econa box. Well, that's what's fun is you have something that not everyone has. Right. You've taken advantage of a lot of the benefits of that platform and oh, yeah. added on, made it better. Yeah. For folks who are probably googling a ZX2 and being like, "What the heck is this?" <laughs> it's really kind of that in-between step from the the older like Mazda-based. Well, it's still kind of a Mazda based car, right? It is Mazda Yeah, it's a Mazda BG chassis. But it's not your typical Escort that we kind of think of when we think of Escort. And it's it's in that weird in-between before Ford went to the Focus in, what, right. 2000, something like uh, that? Focus was, yeah, about 2000. Um, yeah, the ZX2 ran from 98 to 03. Okay. Yeah. And it was a coupe, like an yep. actual coupe with a yep. trunk and everything. It wasn't a hatchback. Right. And uh, it shares a lot of underpinnings with which Mazda is it? The- it's the BG chassis, so okay. the, the Familia chassis, which would be the Protégé, the 323. Um, okay. And it was similar enough to like the 626 and the Probe that suspension parts and stuff would swap over. Nice. And even transmission stuff. So it seemed like a lot of Mazda stuff did that. I know that oh, yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of the other. The 323, like the Mercury Tracer had yeah. that 16-valve. Oh, yeah. The twin cam motor that was pretty, you know, pretty peppy. So there's a lot of really cool things to do. I had a friend yeah. of mine years ago that had a Mercury Tracer, and he wound up getting some go fast parts off a of 323 GTX and, oh, yeah. and making that thing. It was another one of those you, you show up at a race and people are like what what's this guy doing? Oh yeah. And he had big decals made up that said like T Racer, cause yeah. like a bigger R instead of the Tracer. It was funny, yeah. but I I think all told. He probably had about eighteen hundred bucks in this thing, and he just went oh, yeah. and embarrassed people. It was great. But the funny thing about that, I mean, so we're talking about those cars. Mm-hmm. The ZX2 has a look to it that doesn't scream sexy so the what, same way that the, the Mazda does. I don't know if you've right. met Dave Fincham. Um, he's from, from like Chicago area. I think he lives in Michigan now. He's um, 
he's a really good announcer for SCC events. I'll say really good, but he's he's very charismatic, and he always has something to say about everybody's car. And uh, <laughs> what he has to say about mine is that it looks like I'm a uh, what did he say? A high school girl working at Kohl's. Like that's the kind of par- <laughs> car you see in the parking lot. Uh, and the funny thing is, when I show up to events, or, high school girls are offended by that. Yeah. By the way, right? when I when I go to events, or, or you know, like uh, you know, now that I've been campaigning the car nationally, and that people come up to me and they're like, "Man, I had one of these, and I loved it." But more often than not, my sister had one of these, and I love driving it. You know, it so is one of those. But you think back to that time. We've had this discussion before. Where we talk about kind of that entry level, either a hot hatch or sport coupe with with a decent motor that could be fun to drive oh, yeah. and, and cheap. Those offerings aren't like a Civic right now. A Civic with like some sporty stuff on there is twenty eight, thirty k. Oh yeah. yeah. So the, like those types of cars when they were new were probably what in the upper teens, like eighteen twenty. I bought mine for eleven thousand three hundred dollars. Isn't that crazy? In October of two thousand, yeah. I mean, even adjusted for inflation, that's a good price. Oh yeah. So yeah. when you look back at that though, and, and in the pre-show we talked about this too, like the Saturn SC2 or the Neon, even not the the ACR, just the regular Neon right. with that two, uh, the two liter motor. There were a lot of the Mazda Protege. Oh, there yeah. were cars out there, Sentra SERs. There were things that you could drive on the weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, drive to work every every weekday, and on the weekends go autocross or have fun. Yeah. And I feel like that's still probably out there, but it's not at that cheap, affordable, anyone can do it level. Right? Do you? Th- I don't know. Do you agree with that? Or yeah, is no, it- I agree with that. Yeah. If, you, if you were to go buy something comparable today, right. you know, walk into a Ford dealer, what would you? What would you even buy? A Ford? I don't know. They stopped making cars. Yeah. <laughs> they, they even literally just said like, we're just going to make the Mustang. Like that's yeah. it's all crossovers and SUVs now. So see, this is one of those typical conversations though that Daryl gets into, and, and obviously you're an enthusiast of cars. So yeah. to prove the point, I googled. You know the Ford ZX2 just mm. to see if you you were alone on this island. And was was and my the re- name the first thing that came? No, up? the results came back <laughs> when I clicked on ZX2 Ford ZX2 and I clicked the news tab on Google. Two articles came up within the last two weeks. One from HotCars.com, the other from Jalopnik. And the titles of these articles are: These are our guilty pleasure cars. Ten yeah. coupes that used to be different, but now they're just weird. But there's people <laughs> talking about the ZX2 still, oh, yeah. and I and so. Yeah. I'm actually going to let you guys continue with this conversation because I didn't. I didn't think it was legit. The, the ZX2 is just. Uh, it's a quirky little car. I think it looks, you know, kind of nice. It's um, like I said, a lot of people have had histories with these cars. You know, hand me down cars from family members or things like that. And and it was just this weird offshoot of you know this time where Ford and Mazda got together and did something fun. Um, so this is actually the, that was the first car that I owned from Mazda that wasn't a Mazda. And now my Spider. My my Fiat Spider. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about the relationship it's, it's there. Yeah. The Fiat. So yeah. it, uh, yeah, it's half Mazda, half Fiat. Yeah, that car. My daughter, she's like, Dad, that's what I want when I graduate college. Yeah, just like I know a guy who's selling one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, she's got she's got another semester to do it. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but she liked though that that you know that yeah the, I think the there's regular Miata wasn't enough. She liked there's the Fiat. something about the lines of the the Fiat. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's, got a, some, it's bolder lines. It's a Miata and an Armani suit. Like yeah. it, it just I I think that's it looks great. better. Yeah. yeah. The uh, it has a little more overhang. I think it's five inches longer. It's like a hundred pounds heavier. Um, the engine's got more power. It's, it's better, like mid range. It's great for like daily driving. So they made in Japan. Yeah, it's made in Yokohama. Um, the engine was shipped over from Turin, Italy. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then one of the weirdest parts of the car, I got mine with that heritage stripe I mentioned. It's uh-huh. like a flat black, you know, yep. kind of a throwback to the rallies. Um, that was hand painted in Detroit. It was like a two thousand dollars stripe. Uh, they actually really? grind down the red 
and hand paint the black so that like when you feel from the black to the red on the hood, you can't feel the same. It's not a decal. It's no. legit paint. No. See, yeah. that's the kind of stuff. It's like, that's the weird little thing. That's the way the Italians it. work. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. So, well, it, that, so it is a we'll Mazda. guarantee but that will rust. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a nice rust line. I have never two, driven that car colors. in salt. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think you even said before you came up here, you were like trying to see what the salt situation on the road. Yeah, were. I was going to drive it here and it's 25 degrees out and I was I was thinking about it. You're one of those guys. Yeah, top, top down. down, no frown. Yeah. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. That's yeah. awesome. A knit cap maybe at least? I yeah, mean, yeah. Maybe, okay, all right, a, a woolly hat, windows up, heats, uh, you know, heat yeah. on the seats yeah. and yeah. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. So after you have a taste of that, though, and yeah. then you know you go back into the ZX2. What's yeah. that like on uh, on race day? Because uh, you campaigned both cars, yeah. right? You've- the Spider was outgunned in autocross because, like I said, it has mid range power. It's very punchy. It's good out of the corners, mm-hmm. but so a lot of autocross, especially nationally, is like maintaining speed at the top end. So it okay. just it ran out of breath at like five thousand RPM. It's got a itty bitty turbo, um, you know, but. It was a really potent car, like locally. Yeah, it did really well. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. Um, I just I need to scale down my stable right now, so I'm going to get rid of the least practical car I have. Oh, I don't know what that's. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just need to do like Daryl, just buy a different house with a bigger garage, right? Yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. love to. Yeah. Yeah. or get yeah. storage units strategically placed all around the Peoria yeah. area. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. 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 Get, get a friend who runs a storage business. Right. No, it is funny you mentioned that though. We do have a, a longtime listener uh, who is a, a Fiat fan. And, oh, nice. Uh, you can follow them at Paper Maps and Coffee on Instagram. Okay. Uh, they take uh, road trips with it. They they did a big uh, Western loop this summer. I oh, think cool. he's, I think he said they got like forty, almost forty miles per gallon, or just oh, yeah. over on the highway. And I'm like, yeah. and a little turbocharged, like it's a one point four liter. It's four a, seriously. Yeah. Wow. You, well, Eric, wow. you've heard it at the track. Yeah. I mean, with the. With the Euro spec muffler, you know, it, 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 obviously, it obviously yeah. didn't yeah. leave the impression on me like the ZX2 did. Yeah. yeah. What <laughs> did you think the first time you saw me with the ZX2 out there doing that thing? Like, oh, I, I, everybody's that guy's a madman. That's the kind of stuff you hear from people. <laughs> you know, he's a madman. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. You know, I was kind of new to the sport at that time, but uh, but you were making a hell of a ruckus out there at Pekin yeah. Airport, and I'm like, yeah. whatever's going on in that car, that guy's having a ton of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's so out of whatever I'm doing over here. You know, in the pre-show, we talked about the two thousand dollar car challenge. When I first got into auto cross yeah, I had the two hundred. We had a two hundred dollar car challenge, so oh. I'd gotten a Celica. You had the Celica. red Celica. I remember yeah. it, and that was a two hundred dollar car. Yeah, and got some decent tires for it. A customer gifted me uh, some hundred treadwear tires, and I put a cold air intake. And then I found out I got outclassed instantly by just doing stupid modifications oh, yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then I put coilovers on it, and the car never stood a chance. But yeah. we had a ton of fun. I never backed it down like you did. Yeah. I just end up getting different cars, but yeah, no, I showed up to my first autocross with like a carbon fiber hood, and, you know, like a body kit and everything. And people are like, Oh, this is like street modified. It was like, no, no, it's not. I'm running 500 treadwear tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I think the first time I went out, even with a cold air intake, I had like takeoff tires from a Camry that we traded yeah. in or something like that. And they were just screeching all oh, over yeah. the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, But barely hanging on. But that's okay. And we just kind of all did it as a dare. But then uh, once you kind of, once you get a taste of that, yeah, I remember, uh, I may have told this story on the show before. My wife came out at lunchtime with a Subway sandwich. You know, she's like, oh, I brought you lunch. I'm like, okay, that's great. My, I was so amped up. My adrenaline was so high. I think I, like, was like caveman eating that sandwich. Oh, yeah. and my wife looked at me like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I'm like, what, what? I'm like, <laughs> just, just pumped. Yeah. I was pumped. I remember you'd just be, like, jittering as you're like. Autocross is, you know, you lose the jitter over a while. You know, you do. You I've, got, I've gotten past that. But the um, first ones were, like, 
adrenaline rush. But it, yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. And I have found I've kind of stepped down into a, a coaching role now. I have found that riding with other people, especially novices that um, – they don't really know how to position a car. They just throw it like they'll they'll ride with me, and then they'll try to do the same thing, and oh. and it's just not the same. No, it's yeah. daily coached me and made me a much better driver. Oh yeah, but then you fade because you if you if you're not good at it, you need to practice, and it, it's yeah. hard to practice three times a year like I do. You know, right. you, you can't practice and drive and just do it three times. But a year. the coaching thing is is brought its own exhilaration. Riding shotgun with some of these people is it's like a roller coaster. Oh sure. Oh, it's absolutely. And when they can sh- start shaving, like, hey, why don't you you know late apex that and why don't you get on the throttle right here yes. You know? yes and when they start just shaving time and shaving time their excitement runs off on you yes it, it, it feels like the first time again Dude. yeah yes. yeah when daily was coaching me on that supra and i was in what top four or five after i was riding and nice. he was in the past i'm like nice holy crap man I mean, yeah. and, and then that adrenaline rush that maybe you lost a little bit of comes back because now you're like in contention oh, yeah. you know once you get into a comfort zone you're like ah, if i'm in the top half i'm happy you know i had a fun day yeah but if you can be in contention it's just like my recent election i didn't win it i didn't care i said i won either way sure but you always want to win right, oh, yeah. right. no matter no matter what you say you still want to be oh, yeah. on the top side so so let's talk about your season i know that you you said you you got out of it for a little bit while you were finishing up school, but you've been yeah. active in... Yeah, I've gotten... I've hit it hardcore now. Uh, this year, I think I spent 24 weekends autocrossing. Wow. That's a commitment. It, yeah. It That's was, awesome. uh I Flat went City, through Chicago. so many tires. Um, I didn't do Chicago at all this year. Okay. Um, I will next year because uh, there's going to be a big event up there. That's all I can say about so that So there, right there was hmm. word when we talked to Dean maybe last year on the show yeah. that, that Chicago was basically going to start moving into Rantoul because they, they lost places to race up there? Or no, it? I mean, Chicago, I think they have more sites than we do because they have the option of like Sears Center and Milwaukee. They did lose Milwaukee, I think. Actually. Yeah, Miller, Miller Park, Park. Yeah, They pulled, I think. They did. Um, but Rantoul, we're going to be losing Ramp 2 um, eventually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This year, every event that we did, we would call them a week ahead of time and say, hey, can we use the concrete? Wow. Because there's a, uh, a company that makes yeah. pipes there now, yeah. and they're going to be using it to store the pipes. Um, they are selling pipes as fast as they're making it. That's why they haven't taken it yet. Oh. So, I mean, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we will be losing that site eventually. Um, but, yeah, we have some of the best concrete in the country. People come to the Rantoul events before Nationals just to practice because Nationals is on really fuzzy concrete, just like what we have. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So you had uh, – you campaigned the ZX2 this year. Yeah, the ZX2. Um, I rented a couple of cars. Like when I say rent, I just – you know, somebody's like, hey, I want you to drive my car. Um, so like a couple of times in uh, Rantoul, um, I drove a – was a 2016 Porsche 911 GT3 RS. It's just like a ZX2. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Hey, <laughs> hey, just <laughs> hey, drive my $100,000 car. Right. Well, yeah, I think Because you've been driving this $2,000 beater, so yeah. you're qualified. The car, the car literally costs uh, more than my house is worth. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day, I drove an Evora. So How was, was that? Oh, my God. I liked it even more than the Porsche. It was yeah. so well-balanced. No was, kidding. Oh, yeah. It was it just, fantastic. Just, did it feel faster? It just felt great. Um, yeah. Joe Fister, he actually came out and he rode in the car. You know, he's he comes from like a go-karting background. Yeah. He came out and rode with me for one lap and we come back and he just, you could tell, he hadn't br- like taken a breath. He just goes, <laughs> <gasps> and he says, holy, you know. Yeah. He's all lightheaded. He's, he's like, I haven't felt G-forces like that outside of karting. You know, yeah. it's like, and it's. That's fun. Is so that all? Car- fun. Is it a carbon fiber car? No, I think it's fiberglass. Fiberglass. Okay. Yeah, yeah interesting. I, I've been reading up on those. I have a couple friends that yeah. are obsessed it's with. Got a Toyota Camry V6 in the back. Yeah. Yep. 
It's yeah. like the three. Is it three five? Yeah, uh, no, it'd be a three liter. Wouldn't yeah, it? three liter. Yeah. Yeah. Three liter. Yeah. It just just screams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it doesn't. I mean, they're a good engine. They're they're a solid power plant, but they weren't known for excessive horsepower. But they right. could be tuned just like all Toyota motors. They're strong enough to be tuned and, and manipulated. Right. And, they're yeah. a little over engineered. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other Lotus that runs a? They, have a, they use a Corolla engine in the Elise. Uh, it's like 1.8 liter. I thought it was a Celica engine. The 1.8, the ZZ. Yeah, well, the, it was a, the 1.8 was the same thing in a Corolla. Oh, okay. The, yeah, and the uh, Matrix XR had the okay. same engine. Yeah, the MR2. I forgot about the Matrix. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that was a fun little car. It was. You that was always one of those ones that I was like, if I get my hands on one of those. But yeah. I don't know that you could get a six-speed. You couldn't get the you couldn't get the, the all-wheel drive with the six-speed because Toyota is always a, a – they will not do a manual all-wheel drive in some of those older cars. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, in the '90s, they they stopped doing it after the GTS Celica, and that was it. Yeah, that shared. Speaking of joint ventures with Japanese automakers, that yeah. Pontiac Vibe I liked. Yeah. It was the oh, same yeah. thing. The Toyota Matrix. No, yeah. the Vibe had yeah. a much better nose. I mean, it looked yeah. like. But then you'd get inside and you'd, the the seat, the interior fabric, the Cheap. door handles. You're know, like, really, you guys chinced on this stuff? Why right. couldn't you? Why couldn't you? If you're going to work together all the way through. How did you decide to just let the interior go to crap in the Pontiac, right? right. My mother-in-law had a Pontiac Vibe, and it, was, it surprised me. The steering wheel was, like, very small on those, mm-hmm. and it just felt sporty. Yeah. I was like, I shouldn't – this yeah. shouldn't no, feel this good. Cool. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. like this. I know. That's, that's, that's <laughs> that, good, though. That's that good. crappy Delco radio, too. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so at any rate, though, you, you've been involved, and, and it seems like you were saying 24 weekends. 24 weekends. That's – we talked with Dean prior, prior to this, uh, yeah. you know, a couple – what was it, last year? Yeah. Wow. A while ago. Um, it's a time commitment, right? It's a hobby. It's oh, yeah. an interest. It's a passion. Yeah. But then and you're you, hours away from home. What are you doing? I, so I actually live near St. Louis, so I'm yeah. like two and a half hours from Rantoul, two hours from Pekin. Uh, we do have autocross in St. Louis. We've got a pretty healthy club down there. We're getting like 140 people uh, per event. But we only run one day a weekend. We don't do the double uh, headers like mm, Rantoul does. Okay. And the sites, we have two sites down there. They're, they're pretty good. They're not concrete, you know, and they're not completely level, you know. So there's some elevation and some, some you know, washboarding of one of the lots. But um, really good club. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I've been pretty involved with them, and I'm on the board with uh, Rantoul as well. So, yeah, as, as far as, like, time sync, it's beyond just the weekends. Um, yeah, it's it's know. nights and Oh, yeah. So when <laughs> I go to St. Louis, I help, you know, with equipment setup. So I get there at, like, 5 in the morning. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And I have a trailer that I have to unload my car and swap the wheels and get it ready and everything too. Did you sleep in your trailer? Yeah. I thought, yeah. I went to spring nationals this year in Lincoln, Nebraska and uh, Eric Wright and I camped in the trailer and it was, uh, it was wonderful actually. He set up a hammock from like the the back door to the tire. I have tire racks that fold down on the sides and I had a cot and it was, uh, it was awesome. It worked. Yeah. The only thing we needed was to go to, you know, a friend's hotel room to shower. Uh, But yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Something to that. So previously, I mean, you did 24 events, and we're going to get to nationals. That's one of the main reasons we got you on. Yeah. We don't want to talk about anything else with you but that. Um, <laughs> but did you do that many events this year to get to nationals? No. So anybody can go to nationals. I, I get you that. You used to kind of have to qualify, but. But I get that. But how many, on a normal year before last year, what would, would you do that many events? The year before, I maybe did it like 19 or 20. That's, so you're, you're going strong. I'm going hardcore. So, like, um, I graduated college i i kind of went non-traditional i you know went to college wasn't for me went to the military got out decided oh college probably is for me because you know i want uh, what i wanted to do for a living i had to go um so i put autocross on the bench from like 2011 till 2017 
Okay. Um, so when I, I was only doing like two or three events a year, um, I would try to always make the Mossville ones here in Peoria because, you know, it's my favorite club. Uh, and yeah, so when I got out, I was like, man, I'm going to go hard. I'm going going for all of it. So I tried to get as much seat time as I could the last two years. And really with the Escort this year is about proving the car out. So I treated local events like test and tunes. Okay. So I was making changes to the car. I was trying to dial in my driving with, you know, going from a rear wheel drive to a front wheel drive again. Um, and then I, I broke so many parts this year <laughs> that I'm really glad I was able to break it and fix it and, uh, you know, find the weak links and, and upgrade some things before I was at the big show, you know, at, at the national events. Have so, you done nationals before this year? Yeah, I, I went um, last year in the Fiat. It was my first year at nationals. Okay. Oh, I yeah. think I remember that, too. Yeah. 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 So I was always wanting to be good enough for nationals, and I always wanted a car prepared enough for nationals. So I never went. And uh, I really should have all this time. Even if you are a terrible driver, it is like it's a party like none other. It is an experience. So, hmm. yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty intense. Sure. Pretty intense, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, but I'm just newly a national level driver. So, well, so congrats. Yeah. That's, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Especially after, you know, all the years of being involved. And realistically, it takes time. It takes an investment. It takes some money. Yeah. But you're not out there competing in, in a, you know, 911 Right. Turbo or something like that. You, right. You've got you. You kind of came. I don't want to say humble beginnings, but you you built your own stuff. Right. You built it over time, refined it, and you didn't you didn't buy it. Yeah, it's yeah. built. Yeah, I'm saying you didn't, you didn't like buy it. So, yeah, know, buy it or build it. That's always yeah, big, yeah. It's that, the big that, thing. Yeah. yeah, people always want to you know critique you. Built not bought. Yeah, right. yeah. But it sounds like you built it. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's something to be said for that. So. The, the national thing, obviously, if you did it with the the Fiat last year, and then and then you worked your way up with the ZX two. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole year, are you thinking I'm going to win a class, or you just wanted to get to nationals just to have fun? I just wanted to get there. Um, I was supposed to go in 2010 or 2011. Uh, a friend of mine, Alan Cesar, he was uh, editor at Grassroots Motorsports Magazine at the time, um, and he wanted to take my car, do an article on it, just because we both started with Ford ZX2s. Uh, and you know, come to find out, a lot of people actually, even Chuck Matthews, uh, he's a local hot shoe around here who competes nationally. He had a ZX2 when he started. <laughs> the ZX2 web. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, There was a guy, Adam Love. He lives in Oregon now, but he used to autocross at Rantoul. He ended up um, getting a seat in the TDI Volkswagen Cup back when that was a thing like 10 years wow. ago. He started with ZX2s. Like, it's just kind of a common denominator. It's a fun car that gets you hooked on on that stuff. That's funny. So now when I when I initially set up for the Super – and the other reason I want to talk about those because I, I wanted to be at Nationals this year. Uh, and so Toyota actually sent me a sticker pack saying, yeah. all right, we want you to represent the Toyota blah, blah. Right. And uh, I got this cool sticker pack. Does Ford do something similar? No. They didn't send no. you like, hey, we want you to represent for Ford. No, when you, when you talk about um, car companies that want you to be there, yeah. uh, it's Mazda. Really? Really? Mazda has what's called a contingency. So you you put Mazda stickers on the side of your Mazda, yeah. and if you win a trophy, you get Mazda money. You know. Wow. So I actually co-drove Jerry Tang's um, 30th anniversary orange ND2 Miata uh, up at Chicago Tour last That's year. That's cool. And I qualified for Mazda money, but I didn't think I would. So yeah. I didn't sign up for the contingency. I lost out on a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, yeah I signed up yeah. for the contingency with Toyota because we yeah. thought we'd be there. And I got some yeah. cool stickers out of it. But when I send them the pictures of the car, like, oh, you don't even have to sticker that. Yeah, everybody knows that's a Toyota. <laughs> it's it's yeah. clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you get good enough, like Tom O'Gorman, um, you know, he races pro now. Um, Acura was like, hey, why don't you take this NSX to nationals? And he took it last year and he won, and it was all stickered up. And nice. Acura just they're like here. 
wow. show this off for us, and he did. So it does. It does make I don't know. It makes me happy that some manufacturers still back that. Oh yeah, at the, at, the, at that level. That's interesting. Ford, Ford not so much. Ford's all about like the Mustang and drag racing. Is like when you go to Ford Fest. Um, I actually lent my car out to somebody who took it to Ford Fest this year, um, and it's it's all drag racing and power yeah. and you know sure yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. They used to do like that World Ford Challenge down at Gateway. Yep. And I, I remember that was just a sea of oh, yeah. Ford racing, everything. But it was all, yeah, yeah. Mustangs. and Well, our yeah. main our main driver at the dealership, Dustin Harper, he would do all those Gateway events. Yeah. And he'd just blow bushings out of his oh, control yeah. arms and just and smoke tires. I mean, that's all they would do down there. Yeah. That's a whole different – I mean, you're, just, you're working with horsepower and just having fun with horsepower. It's yeah. a different type of race. Ford, Ford doesn't care about some guy campaigning a 20-year-old Ford Escort <laughs> I know nas- nationally. Or that's why I wondered if they had a contingency like that. No, I'm not on their radar at all. So. Should be. That's yeah. a good testament. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's enough people, there's enough following where, you know, that like Alan, he wanted to take my car to Nationals. So ever since 2010, I've wanted to go with this car. And through, uh, you know, heartbreak of, you know, the car being totaled and, and this and that back and forth, I'm on the third chassis on that car now. Um, yeah, it was so just like, it was like a dream come true to actually just go this year. Um, so I had a national trophy winning, uh, winning driver, Justin Barbary, co-drive my car because I wanted him to tell me – first of all, I wanted to benchmark how good am I mm. with the same car, right? And I wanted him to tell me what the car needs. So okay. we were able to uh, you know, figure out we need better damping, which I'll be taking care of over the winter. Uh, I need a little bit more power, which we can squeeze out of it. I know exactly how. Uh, and I, I actually know a guy in St. Louis with hub dynos. He lets us use them for free. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Cool. He's an old spec Miata guy. Like, awesome, awesome connection to have. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, like, it's it was just a labor of love, and I, I just I wanted to be there. Um, turns out my car was the first Ford to ever trophy an F Street prepared at a national event. Ever. So Justin Barbary oh. drove to, I think, fifth place out of 18 or 19 in class and got a trophy with my car. And I was just out. I was like like 10th place. I was mid-pack. <laughs> but for me to be just mid-pack coming out with this car, yeah. um, it surprised a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking if I get better and the car gets a little better, we could be there. It's yeah. good to get some notoriety too. Yeah. You know, I've, you got I, yeah. people calling you and being like, "Hey, oh, yeah. we're writing an article on on stuff yeah. uh, from Grassroots Motorsports." That's that's cool to get published yeah. too. Let, let's yeah. back up two steps. Uh, people aren't familiar with Nationals. Yeah, where's it held at? So Nationals is at Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, um, it's been out there for over a decade, maybe a decade and a half. Is it during? Does it run like a whole week? Or is it, it is a week long. Okay. Um, so with uh, SCCA Autocross, we have something called Pro Solo, which is mirrored courses with a Christmas tree, like drag style start. Okay. So you you go out and you you race one one side, and then you get back in line and do the other side, and you you know you're against somebody, you can red light. You know, it's that's like the first two days of nationals. Okay. But only about a, you know, maybe a quarter of the field actually qualifies and gets in to do that. It's, you know, pretty select. I went out there to help a couple of people um, that were in the pro solo finale. So I went out there for like the entire week. Um, okay. And there were about five of us, I think, from St. Louis and Champaign that all chipped in on an Airbnb. So we just made like a whole week out of it. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, competition, like you have, um, it's always Memorial Day uh, week. So competition is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You're in one of those groups. I raced Thursday, Friday this year. Uh, last okay. year I was in like Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, 
And honestly, I kind of liked racing Thursday, Friday, but by the end of it, you're just like, oh, yeah, now it's time to do that thing I came out here to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you feel like you've spent an eternity out there helping other people and fixing cars in the paddock and partying. And, sure. yeah, and then it's time to, to, to do it. Then it's how, how many cars are we talking about there? This year, over 1,100. Wow. Well, 1,100 drivers. Um, That's huge. Yeah. They've they've gotten, before COVID, they got up to like 1,300 and something. So it is the largest amateur racing event in the world. And why Lincoln, Nebraska, of all places? Because it's central in the U.S.? Yep, it's central. So people from California and Florida and all that. um, And it's, it's 160 acres of pristine concrete. What was it, an Air Force base? It's an Air Force base, yeah. So um, have you ever heard of the Doomsday Plane? Yes. So the, there's, what, four of them? Four of those chassis? Yeah. They're airframes? I yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. So these planes, um, they can control the entire country, the entire government and military from the air. They like can an, fly. Like a, like a giant AWAC or something? Or? Oh, it's, it, they're enormous. Okay. It was like a... I can't remember the name, but the, what plane it is. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a Boeing. It's a Boeing of some sort. <clears throat> I'm going to Google yeah. this. Oh, yeah. Do it. Okay. So they, they have antennas and all these things sticking out of them. And they're, yeah. they're enormous. Um, one or more of those live at that Air Force Base at any given time. So we got to see it take off. Hmm. and it's just, Boeing E-4. E-4, yeah. So the... Uh, it's just it's so enormous that it looks like it's going to fall out of the sky. But, um, yeah, it's really cool to see them there. That's where they're stationed. Well, one of them, uh, like when 9-11 happened and stuff like that, all of these things, all four of them get in the air. Yeah, you know, it's basically it's, like a 747 oh, on steroids. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they make an E-6. It's like the Mercury that's got the weather, like the big radar. Yep. Yep. I've seen some of those flying around out of the Air Force Base here in town. No. And uh, my uncle, who's a retired pilot, I'm like, I'd snap a picture and be like, what is this? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. I need to go in the basement? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, it's the Doomsday Plane. That's the Doomsday Plane. That's cool. So but that's where they're based? That's where one of them, I think the last year when I went to Nationals, there was two of them there. And one of there's, I think there's one there all the time. Okay. Unless it's flying, you know. And it can fly as long as it can be refueled in the air that's so awesome. it's yeah, really, air to air refueling and really keep cool. going <laughs> yeah so you're taking a week off and you yeah and you did 20 some weekends yeah and you're married yeah how does that work out my <laughs> wife likes to get me out of the house because you know she, she needs to recover <laughs> I'm, I'm high intensity i guess so <laughs> she knows that like i waited long enough to do it yeah um and she supports it so she's not into cars at all she won't even ride in the car at autocross or anything so is it like a is a fear thing? No, she she's just not into cars at all. Okay. Um, and she yeah, she doesn't like going fast. She grew up on a little island in Alaska with like 13 miles of road. So like she never went above like 45 miles an hour before she met me. Yeah. So <laughs> a little different uh, different place to grow up. Right. Right. Well, I mean, you have a son though who is yeah. into cars. As yeah. Well. So he uh, when you're uh, 12 years old or what is it like 57 inches tall or something with SCCA, you can ride in the cars. So for his 12th birthday, he came out and he rode in 30 different cars and ran to Wow. No kidding. Yeah. So Was that um, part of your fiendish plan to be like, I'm going to get my son interested in this hobby? No, I asked him. I said, do you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, I want to go out. It's cool when the kids gravitate to themselves. Because one of my kids did, the other didn't. So I actually, I tried to get him into autocross when he was five. Um, Back, you know, a few years ago and and before, you could race go-karts with the SCCA at certain sites, you okay. know, no chain, chain link fencing or anything like if, if the car goes out of control, you don't want. It just spins out and nobody gets hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I bought him a cart and took him out there and he got all ready and we get him to the start line and he's like, I don't want to do it. 
And I didn't mm. want to be that, like, you know, the baseball dad that's like, no, you're going to do it because <laughs> I, I wanted to do it. And, you know, no. doggone it, get out there. I'm going to live through you because my, exactly, my youth sucked. Exactly. <laughs> I knew he wasn't the next Ayrton Senna or anything. So, um, yeah, I was like, okay. Gave him a couple more chances, sold the cart. Um, but then he kind of came back to it. He's like, you know, he probably saw me working on the car and having fun and everything. Yeah. So he got super into it and he would come to the events and ride. And then on his 15th birthday, he was able to race, to drive. Nice. And yeah, a permit, you can, it's awesome. It's they love to do same it. rules as the road. Yeah. So we build our courses to where the top speed is the posted interstate speed. Okay. Locally. So like we can go up to like 65, 70 miles an hour on our courses. And that's supposed to be with like, you know, a stock car. So like a Corvette or something. So, I mean, sometimes you get, you know, a, an open wheel car that might hit like 75, 80 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we try to keep the speeds low enough to where like we can keep our insurance. That's really the name of the game. Sure. We want to keep sites and we want to keep insurance. Otherwise we can't do what we like to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he went out for his 15th birthday and just the same rules as the road. He had to have somebody in the car with him. So I had to sit shotgun with him every run. That's cool. And uh, it was right after the, the yellow escort had died. So he got to learn how to autocross with a Fiat Spider. So. I could I could think of worse vehicles to, to practice yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, I, and so because I know how it is with kids. Yeah. So when you're sitting there beside him and your kids racing, did yeah. he want you talking or did he want you just to, to critique? No, after he the, uh, the he liked it when I yelled at him like "break now, break now," you okay. know, right. you know, uh, or "hug it tight." You know, I would I would yell out commands and he liked it. Um, you know, I would like to say that uh, on his first day he was only like three seconds behind me on a, like a 60th second course, oh, which wow. was Are you serious? huge. Yeah, yeah that, is, that is huge. <laughs> that was yeah. really really good. Sometimes you'll see like kids really really cautious out there and god yeah. bless them you know you know yeah. you, you got to build some confidence but the fact that your kid is ready to throw it down right yeah does that also make you think like well my reaction time has gotten so <laughs> bad <laughs> well i mean i was like in the top five of the day so i was like well i know it's not that like yeah, yeah he was i think he was like top 20 his first event ever that's for him so yeah so he's in- He's older though now, right? He's eighteen now. He just turned eighteen. Got his own car. Cool. Got he's, his yeah, own. Yeah, he's got a, like a rusty old Ford Escort. <laughs> Is that the, the only car he has? That's oh. the only car okay. he has. So he still drives mine. Um, so next year, I told him he's got to step it up though, um, because I run Hoosier Racing Slicks. I got forty-seven runs out of the last set before they courted. It's mm. like you think about it, like forty-seven miles on a set of you know two tires is eight hundred bucks. I, I don't go through runs back tires, or race days. Runs, laps. Mm. Wow. So literally, like, so you if you do, do a double weekend, you're you're talking like two, maybe three weekends, and you need new tires. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, what's your tire budget there, Eric? Is it, is well, it I, less I, than I, that? I, I won't answer that question since I haven't had to buy any tires in a while. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm sponsored. Oh, yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So I told him, I said, you want to do this, you got to pay for half the tires. So, um, and the nice thing is like, if he does get into the national events like me, um, if you have enough people in your class and you get those contingencies, like I was talking about, Mm -hmm. you can win free tires. So that's, that's, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of Hoosiers, because I've never priced them because I don't have to, um, Decent price? Or are they absorbent? They're like three hundred and eighty a piece. Okay, so, so that's that's pretty pricey. I run a really weird staggered setup on my car too. I run two seventy five thirty five R fifteens on the front. Yeah, those are about three eighty a piece, and then I run a two oh five. 
50 or something R15. Yeah, in the it's, back. it's a fun look when you see the yeah, car. Yeah, the front wheels are like steamrollers. Yeah, yeah. stick out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of like reverse skinny and slicks. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's weird looking. Well, it's like I remember, you know, the Honda drag cars. You know, oh, yeah. It would have just yes. fat slicks yeah. on the front and these little yeah. Yeah. street legal tires in the back. Yeah. 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 Like, what's the. Oh, and then you see it launch. You're like, that's why. Yep. That's why. Yep. So, yeah, I just. I. I did have to replace a set of rear tires this year, but that was an alignment issue, and I ran them as front tires for a couple of events. Um, I really shouldn't have to replace rear tires maybe every, like, three or four years. They'll they'll probably age out before they wear out. But the front tires, like I said, 47 runs. Yeah. So yeah. if yeah if, if you're splitting that with uh, with yeah. Junior, you're well, like, hey. If you run at Rantoul, you might get 12 runs in a day per person. Yeah. That's that's half a set of tires per day. Wow. So, yeah. That's harsh. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of scale back on autocross this next year, uh, budget-wise. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, probably, I'll probably just run the Hoosiers at big events, and I'll just dial the car in on street tires as much as I can. So if you um, – let's say, hypothetically, Fiat sells – You've got some some room. Yeah. I know you said you're downsizing. Yeah. You got the itch to do another build or try something else or build another ZX2 that you find with a rust-free chassis from uh, Arizona or something no. like that? No. So after doing three years in a stock class car, it was really nice just replacing tires and brake pads. Like that <laughs> was normal really, stuff. Really, and driving there on your tires and back. Yeah. And, you know, like things like a radio, cruise control, AC. <laughs> Air like, conditioning. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was really nice. So I think if the Escort ever dies again, I mean, I've, I've brought this thing back from the ashes three times now. Um, if the Escort ever dies again, I'll probably just go to a stock class car. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe pick up a used Corvette or even, even like an E Street Miata. You know, yeah. it's just like. Yeah. They're out there. Yeah. It's it's fun to see how people kind of graduate, you know, oh, over, yeah. over time. And and like when we interviewed Dean, he, I think he started with like a three seventy, or maybe it was an Infinity. Oh, it was the Infinity, yeah, Infinity. right. The G thirty seven, G thirty, and it's just like, yeah, I did that for a few years and kind of maxed out, and then yep. went to the Corvettes, and now I'm on my second or third Corvette. I'm yeah, like, it's fun to see the progression. Uh, oh yeah, and it's not necessarily about power. It's always just. Do you get influenced by what other people bring on race day too, and kind of see what, what yeah. responds to what mods better? Yeah, um, I mean everything's going to be course dependent. Like my little spider was course dependent locally. You know, I, sometimes I would tromp the the Miatas, and sometimes they'd tromp me, depending on where you needed the power. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at like best value for like being able to daily drive something, being able to return something to stock and sell it, mm-hmm. uh, be, you know, and being fast. Um, a few of us that are kind of on a group chat, we've been talking about STR Miata. Oh, so it's yeah. street touring, uh, roadster. Okay. So, uh, street tires, mm-hmm. it's just coilovers and, you know, a few little bolt on things. You, if you don't like it, you can sell the car and return it stock in that. But like, man, is it like the easy button for autocross right now? It, it sticks yeah. to the ground. It's comfortable to drive. Price wise. What are we talking? Used? Do you get a couple year old one? 2530. That's approachable so, yeah. for most people, I would yeah. think. And you're really not throwing more than a couple grand of stuff, you know, well, parts the car's on still it. drivable, like I said. You can exactly. still use it as a summertime roadster. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 Take, uh, you know, take the lady uh, friends out to dinner or whatever. Or yeah. The other thing, too, there's always going to be a secondary market. Oh, yeah. Somebody always is going to buy a Miata. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter. I think right. there was a time where you could kind of steal those cars, but that is gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's the Miata tax. Yeah. You know, you rusted out ratty ones are going for like six or 7,000 now. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Why? Why? What happened there? Because there's know. nothing else 
like it. There's That's, nothing else like yeah, it. Yeah, it, the car's unique. You can't. No other manufacturer has a little coupe like that anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, and even yeah. the ones that did is they were kind of too expensive, like the Z3s and Z4s, the BMWs. Well, I just still I still think the nature of, of owning a German little car like that is right. too expensive. A, a Japanese right. car like that just seems far cheaper in the yeah. long run. Well, the right? Miata was, it was a Japanese-built British Roadster. So yeah. it was basically a British Roadster that it's ran. Your, it's your, dr- it's <laughs> your so, dream, right? right? Yeah. Exactly. You've got the reliability of the Japanese car, yeah, and then yeah. you've got the, the British Roadster element still there. So I know. did like the S2000s when those were out. Oh, and, yeah. And those I, hold their value, too. Yes, they do. Oh, I my looked gosh. At Going one, for like $30,000. That's, rare, that's rarity. That, that comes down to rarity. It does. You, you want a Honda, and yeah. you want that, but... Uh, Guess what? That's the only way you're finding that car. Yeah. There was one that was on a, I think it was Peoria Toyota had one uh, over the summer. We had one two or three years ago. 9K. I'm like, what's wrong with it? And of course, I went and looked at it. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, everything's wrong with right. it. It's been, yeah. body-wise, wasn't banged up too much, but it had a lot of miles. The top was shot. It had been duct taped. And, yeah. you know, it's just all that stuff that you look at that and you're like, why would you, if you had a car like that. Why would you let it fall into that bad a disrepair? Right. But because right. they still got decent money out of it, even ragged out, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, but yeah, every once in a while I'll see one of those pop up. I'm like, okay, the Miatas are cool, but yeah, uh, those those for some reason screaming at you know eighty two hundred RPM on a chorus just sound phenomenal, right? But I also probably couldn't fit in it. So what the heck was I looking at it for? <laughs> so back to national, sorry, yeah, because I'm interested because I didn't go because I wanted to go, yeah. Um, is there a maximum? I mean, so did you have to get your petition in or your, your um, registration in because you would, might have got bounced out? I signed up like the hour it opened. Okay. Because the sooner you sign up, the like the better chance of getting the number you want. Okay. So every class has, you know, one through 99, yeah. right? So a lot of people like to run like toward the end of of the class, all the classes run at the same time. Like, so like FSP is like the class of my cars in all of FSP runs at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people choose like 99. So that they're the last ones to go that way. They oh, know seriously. What, yeah. So, they, they know what time they have to be, you know, like they can, okay. and they can kind of watch other people from the sidelines and see what lines are taking. Yeah, I was going to say, then you can watch all the tracks on. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> on um, the pavement. Yeah. Clever. clever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, competitive i guess to get into that but like yeah if there ever is a cap you want to get in early okay. so i would say like you you have a couple of weeks to sign up and then the price goes up and then yeah so just, what does it cost for to, to do the week what do you have to spend i think it was like 190 or something oh, like that's that. a steal that's not bad yeah that's yeah. not that bad and then yeah. hotels available or are people camping out oh yeah Ho- both yeah really? people rent rvs people camp in tents people get hotels we got an airbnb um so yeah it was, it was a good time there's a lot to do in uh, lincoln as well like a lot of good places to eat little uh you know things to do in that there's like a transportation museum there or something yeah. too um but yeah the party is on site so every region is kind of paddocked together and the paddock is huge it's like 30 35 rows or something and you figure each row is the length of like a trailer like you know 30 feet or something right so everybody has like their 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 regions that they're with um and they all kind of park the trailers to have like a courtyard. Um, cool. Some regions have like four square competitions <laughs> where they set up lights and tent cities and stuff. Some people smoke. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm talking about Atlanta mostly here. They have four square. They have smoked meats. They had a beer share. <laughs> they nice. had uh, they had kiddie pools. Uh, I've actually got a picture of my truck with the bed full of ice. I bought. Oh gosh, I forget. It was like a hundred and something dollars worth of ice at the local nice. grocery store. Yeah, yeah. They looked at me like, "Oh my god, what are yeah. you doing?" Yeah. So we filled these kiddie pools with ice, and everybody from across the country just brings their beer, sticks it in the pool, and takes. 
takes whatever they want to try it with yeah, them. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we had like a craft beer share on the side. You know, I was pouring out big boys stouts and stuff. <laughs> so we're racing basically like we do here in, in, locally. You know, yeah. 10 a.m. in the morning or 9 a.m. we no, start racing. Yeah, it, it goes earlier than that. So okay. like because it's a big national event and everybody who's going there is experienced autocrosser, you don't really have much of a driver's meeting. Okay, good. Um, you like. You, you walk the course, like, whenever you can. Um, I recommend walking it the night before you drive it near sundown because it's not a sweltering hot out. You can grab a beer and go walk the course. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have the courses open, like, whenever there's not competition. Competition runs basically sun up to sundown almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually had, like, some delays, I don't know, some timing or weather delays a few years ago to where there were cars that didn't have headlights on them that were running almost after dark. Oh, jeez. Because the event went a little long. Um, they they fit a lot of people in there. Um, I forget how many runs were done each day on each course. But basically, the place is huge enough that there are two courses. So like I said earlier, I ran like Thursday, Friday. I ran the uh, west course on Thursday and then the east course on Friday. So uh, there's there's racing going on at all wow. times. And you can kind of pick which one you want to go watch and help your friends in the grid and things like that. And these courses are enormous. I think uh, one of them was like 81 seconds, uh, the, the east course this year. Um, it's good size. It was one of the longest autocross courses I've ever done. You almost were tired of the course by the time you got to the finish line. Yeah, you're, like, uh, you're just like, is this ever going to? I end? felt that at Champagne before. You're just like, oh my yeah. god, get that last turn so I can just you know get yeah. out of this get, thing. Get done. Yeah. There's a lot to be said about a fun 45 second course yeah. opposed to like just trying to add time to the clock. You know, yeah. who? Yeah. So my question, I mean, logistics wise, there's a lot to set up and, it's and a do. Lot. Do you guys then go work it like any other local yeah. event? Yeah. But who's kind of running at that level? I would think you'd, is there, is the SCCA have like paid full time yes. staff folks? They who have run staff. It? Okay. Uh, they have their own equipment, like their trailers, the timing trailers and everything. Yeah. They have a huge, like, uh, like a setup. I don't know. They've got chiefs for every little thing. They got chiefs for the paddock, chiefs for the grid, chiefs okay. for the safety, um, every little aspect of that. Basically, as a normal competitor, like, you, you know, if you've been around long enough, you can be asked to be a chief. But as just like a normal competitor, you're working the course. Okay. You know, they, they measure sound of the cars really? out there. Wow. So that was like kind of what I did this year is I measured the, the sound saw, of every I car. I saw your little back. thing here. Yeah. It said sound. I thought maybe yeah. you were doing the announcing or something. No, okay. no, no. Yeah, we have announcers. We have, you know, course captains. Measure the sound for, for just to take note of or to, yeah. so you there's, don't... A, there's a decibel limit. So every site you go to, there's usually a decibel limit for that municipality. Uh, oh, so, man. So sound pollution? Yeah. Yeah. So, Interesting. I mean, it's the whole NIMBY thing, right? Like, yeah. nobody wants to hear race cars when they're barbecuing on their back porch or something. You know, otherwise they're going to get complaints and then you can't do it there any longer. Yeah. Um, so the SCCA is actually the one that sets the sound limits at nationals. Um because I mean it's an Air Force base. There's going to be things louder than us out there. I was going to say you got a <laughs> there's airplanes an A10 there's queuing a, up on a runway. In fact, we are so close to the action of the airport that the paddock has a big lane going through it. That if you're going to be in that lane, you better go through it and not stop in the middle. There are airport security that will come and get you if you dawdle too long mm. because there are planes coming because right it, off the it, runway just, just like our airports yeah peaking it's a live airport so it you is. have to be ready yeah it is okay. uh but now just imagine commercial jet planes yeah, coming yeah, through the paddock level instead of puddle jumpers yeah, yeah. doomsday the, plane in the red bear yes, biplane. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> going up for a pizza tour it's a yeah. it's a wild experience and the whole place is just enormous um but yeah it, it takes a lot of people to to organize that and, and make it happen um but for those of us like me you just arrive and drive and you just you work an assignment that they give you not bad for yeah. for four days five days or however long you're out there right 
it's that's not that bad of a trade off right. at all. So right. sometimes when I go to the events, I feel like there wasn't enough time to watch everybody else. Yeah. Do, do you walk away from it feeling like you no. just didn't get enough out of it? Or? No. So like at a national, this is not just nationals, but even at a tour event, there's a lot of downtime there? um, because there's so many people organizing the event for you. And, you know, everybody knows what they're doing. I guess that's part of it, too, because I'm usually part of the crew that's that's running the thing. So right. I feel like I'm frantic the whole day. Right. Yeah. So, like, when you go to nationals, there's a lot of time to, like I said, help your friends with, you know, scraping rubber off of their tires that they've picked up, seam sealer and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, helping them adjust tire pressures between runs. Or, like, they set up grandstands by the timing, um, you know, equipment. And you can just go out there and watch all day long. Just watch these people. Or you can go hang out in the paddock because there's paddock parties. There's there's dinners that they provide almost every single night. The, you know, like banquets and things. Like Mazda held a banquet. Wow, sounds great for all Mazda drivers. Didn't even check if you're a Mazda driver, so I got a Mazda T-shirt. Technically, uh, well, <laughs> I own yeah, I own two you Mazdas that aren't really Mazdas. Yeah, that's when somebody gets trapped in a conversation <laughs> with Tim. They're like, oh, I talked to this guy with a Ford, and he wouldn't let me get, yeah. start talking Mazdas. Yeah, put him on the list for next year. We're going to have security <laughs> escort away from the food trailer. There's a lot of Mazda on that escort. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's just such a good time. There's so many things to do. So many like friends that you haven't seen in forever. Like I got to hang out with Dave Nolan, you know, who moved away. I got to hang out with all these people, um, and just the camaraderie when you're out there. You're with 1,100 other car nerds. Yeah. Even if you're not there to race, like there's classic car shows that roll through. There's yeah. uh, a test and tune course that's running uh, basically at all times. There's always something to see, always something to do, and and you're always going to meet new friends. So now, unlike the uh, regular race day, yeah, aren't you? Li- there's like a finite number of races, right? Or so, Jason was telling me you don't like runs. Get, yeah, you don't yes. get as many runs. So what do you, you get? You get three each day. Yeah, that's so it. you get three runs on the west course yeah, and you three scratch. runs on the east course. That's it, man. Mm-hmm. And like, if and if a rainstorm comes through right before you and like it, it doesn't matter. There's you got to get it all out. Right then and there, man. There's no, a lot no of pressure, variables. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, something with the car, something with the weather, something yeah. with you. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, Central Illinois and Rantoul, they've been running a pro class to where, like, your first. Well, I don't think uh, CIR does this rule, but um, a lot of other ones do. Your first three runs of the day are what count toward mm-hmm. pro class, and it's to get into that mentality of you got to get it done in three. Yeah, you can't be waiting till the eighth run of the day to finally right. get it dialed in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Dan Marks out of Springfield, uh, another multi-time you know national trophy winner, um, he told me, he said, your first run is exploratory. Find out what works. Your second run counts. Your third run, try something new. But the way I drive – So you're trying to stick it on two. Yeah. The way I drive, I was carrying cones all the way through you know run two. So it's like the third run better be clean. So I actually had to dial it way back um, – on my third run, both courses this year, just to have a clean run and have one that counts. So it's it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, sounds like yeah. it. Yeah. How'd you end up doing? I tenth out of uh, nineteen in FSP um, overall in packs. I don't even remember, but I think I was like near the top third, which I was very happy with. Right on. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's so, a, definitely an accomplishment. And Eric will be out there next year. Good. That, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, see, it's, I got a lot of stuff. I got it. I'm <laughs> bottling up a lot of stuff yeah. to do next year. I don't know if I can accomplish it all. I got all these Land Cruiser events. I got autocross to get back into. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a busy summer next year. Just yeah. Do, just, just do it. Just do it all. Every, literally everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did post a quote the other day. You know, uh, Twain said it. Uh, You'll regret 
things you didn't do 20 years from now than, than the stuff you yeah. didn't do. I don't know, whatever it was. But it was profound in some ways. Like, just do it. I tell you, you'll come back with so much to talk about for the podcast, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to do it just I, – I would have even done – because they want writers. They oh, want yeah. photographers. Yes. Want, so, PR uh, is one of the working assignments and you I would do. Gl- oh, okay. And to me, yeah. I mean, before Daly and I had talked about racing, I was like, I would go just literally to be a fly on the wall and take tons of pictures and write. Oh, yeah. You know, and just follow a driver and write about it. Yes. I think that'd be a blast. Well, and it would, it would take some of the onus off some of the other folks that are there yeah. who would appreciate that. It's yeah. good to get the coverage. It's also good to uh, – I don't know. Is it like a, a different type of adrenaline boost when someone is like riding with you or – See, and I think you'd be excellent at that too because I, I think you're just – you have a whole different vision when you look at stuff I, and when you yeah. write. I love when Daryl writes. He doesn't write enough. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been but a hot It's minute. fun. When he had his Throne Wrenches blog, he's got some great stuff. And, nice. and like I said, you're, just your perspective – I don't think you share it enough sometimes. Yeah, Thanks. they're always looking for people to do that, to do write-ups and stuff. Um, yeah. Now, you said is it you know fun when, when you're riding with somebody? When someone rides with you. Yeah. yeah. There's no passengers at nationals. So they won't let you. They won't let you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Unless you're a 15-year-old and you you know have a permit and you need them to. Right. So like, uh, like oh, this year, yeah, I think. That would uh, be the only way. Yeah, Olivia Hammock. She's new to the central Illinois region. Uh, uh, she just moved here from Florida. She was the last – um, I think it's Formula Judering Karting B champion, and now she's 15. So now she's campaigning her dad's uh, Corvette C8 Corvette like, <laughs> nice. as a 15-year-old. But she has to have oh, her dad in the cool. car with what her every riot. time she races. Then she gets it. Like she's yeah. just on it. Yeah, everybody was just kind of, holy cow, she's not – just what, putzing around. What fun. Oh, I know. Well, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Joe, Joe Feaster. Uh, yeah. His daughter was a kart yeah, a racer, right? Yeah, she races karts. She's still? still. Okay. Uh, yeah. I wasn't sure where she kind of was aging out. Yeah, um, he uh, he kind of like l- sold his Miata and got out of autocross. For all. He's, he's still involved it. with the He club. was asking nothing for it, like $2,000, yeah. something yeah. like that. Should have bought it. He's, he's still involved with the club, people. but he like he's focusing on Cammy's karting. And I think she's still got quite a you know a number of years left in that. Okay. Um, so I think you can do that until you're 18. She's or, getting you know, quick, There's too. adult karting and stuff, too. But yeah, yeah she's she, on, I think when he was on the show, he gave us like some uh, YouTube channel, and he was kind of like yeah. supporting her and kind of helped foster in that oh, whole Oh, yeah. But back then, thing. when a kid is seven or eight years old and they're doing this stuff, you're like, oh, God, you know, whatever. Every every parent says their kid's the most creative, the fastest, yeah. the best, or whatever. And you're like, yeah. all right, well, we'll see what happens. But now, as I've watched stuff lately, kid gets it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's – I mean, yeah. it's it's all adding up now. So it's That's yeah. cool. it's pretty cool to watch. She'll yeah. be in a Corvette soon. Maybe. Yeah, right. Nationals. <laughs> yeah. And then dad will have to just sacrifice and get a new car, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, it's for the children. Yeah. Just think of the children. So yeah. what do you think? Did we shake everything out of Nationals? Is there anything else we missed on this? Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's just such a fun time. Oh, you know what? Like, there was a pretty good story I kind of wanted to share on sure. Nationals. Just to tell you, like – the camaraderie and the, the group of people that's out there. Like I said, 1,100 like-minded people nerding out about cars. Um, so there's this guy, Jay Bullington. He owns a company called JXB Racing. And they make things like uh, drive shaft carrier bearing things. You know, like He, he makes performance parts. Uh, he's out of Wisconsin. He had this car. I don't know if you guys have heard of King of the Mountain. Mm-hmm. King of the Mountain is an autocross in, I think, Pennsylvania. Is it a hill climb? No, it happens once a year, though. And it's at like a... Like a dirt – not a dirt track. It's an asphalt oval thing, but there's like you know a road course in the middle of it okay. kind of thing. Hmm. Um, you have to be invited to go, I believe. And it's like a fifteen dollars or $25,000 payout if you win King of the Mountain. So Jay Bullington had this Audi S5. And I don't know if you guys saw pictures of it on the internet. It's, it's done up in like a green and – kind of like a bluish green and black um, livery. He had 
a six element wing on the front of this car that went from the ground to the top of the hood. <laughs> and he had a six element, eight foot tall wing on the back of the car for this King of the Mountain thing. I'm, I'm Googling it right now, oh, yeah. seeing if it can come up here. Yeah, if you look up King of the Mountain 2022 or something. Um, so he had this car. He took the wings off for nationals. Um, but this car was passed around as like the lifeboat. So at nationals, if you break your car, you either have to fix it or find somebody else's car to drive. So this car actually happened to fit into like three or four different autocross classes, depending on what tires were on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chuck Matthews and uh, J.G. Jack from uh, Grassroots Motorsports, he's the guy that does all their YouTube videos. Um, they were driving the car. Um, and then Justin Peachy, he's got a Corvette you know, that he ran at King of the Mountain as well. He's got um, all done up in a Hawk livery. His car broke. So he and Hillary Frank drove the car. And then my good buddy, uh, Andre Sedishenko, and his friend Mason McGavick, they were from St. Louis. They were uh, driving my buddy's um, – driving Andre's – oh, yeah, there's the car. They were driving Andre's um, Evo. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> it just looks like a sofa on the front of the car. It's, wow. And it's – that car is – it's fast. It's really fast. That's it's, hilarious. It, you, looks, you don't it looks like a sprint car. Yeah, you don't really go from one corner to another as much as you just teleport there. Oh, there it there is it in is. action. Yeah, it kind of harkens back to the the early like Audi S one Quattro's. Oh, it, it like looks like the high, the Pikes Peak Hill Climb car. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, like, like the Suzuki Escuda yeah. and all yeah. that. That's that's awesome. They have lights on the uh, wings on the front of there, by the way, <laughs> on the sides. Yeah. So we're watching this YouTube channel, JXP <laughs> Performance on YouTube. Check yes. that out. Yeah, he's so, doing the inside road course. This guy is guys. such an awesome guy, though, because he let all these people use his car. So anyway, like uh, uh, Andre and Mason, they had uh, an Evo 10 that they were running in, um, like, it's, it's an extreme street uh, class. So street tires, but almost in anything goes. It's like Cam. Like, I know, Eric, I know you kind of know what bit. Cam is. Yeah, yeah, the Mustang guys, right? Yeah. So um, whenever somebody would break their car, he let them use this car, this, like, insane car. Oh. So uh, Andre ended up having a Ringland break on cylinder four on his Evo. And so they go over and they were just, you know helping Justin Peachy fix his Corvette and they were like you know what you want to drive this car this like you know 600 something horsepower monster <laughs> um, and he just give you the keys so wow. like crazy just That's these cool. are kind of awesome people that are out there they'll yeah. not only help you fix your car they'll they'll be like you can use mine you know so, what a, okay I, this is completely unrelated just it yeah. just popped into my head do you remember that show on Netflix a couple years ago uh, it was uh, with Rutledge oh. Where they were driving the cars through like the weird, like Hot Wheels track where there's like fire and through water and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. The national autocross champion or something. That guy showed up with a Corvette and then like trashed his car. Yeah. Did, does that story make any sense that that guy would show up? Do, do you know who that guy was? I don't. I don't. Off okay. The top okay. Of my head, I don't know who it is. I remember. I, may, I, may, I remember that. I if I heard a name, I might know him. But okay. Yeah. It was like the early in the ser- series. It was like yeah, drive, driver one or two. You know, he shows like, he's, he's a national autocross champion. But that could yeah. be anything, right? If you say you're a national autocross oh, champion. Okay, so I do remember that that guy had won a tour event where it was like one, like there was maybe one other person in the class or something. Okay. I do remember that he was this guy who was like. He was kind of all talk. Yeah, he I feel like, he, really I feel like he got rope-a-doped into the deal, though. It's like, hey, it's yeah. a race show, and then, by the way, we're going to beat the crap out of your car. Do you think he yeah. knew, probably, going into that? Probably. I mean, he was just looking to make a name for himself, yeah, I maybe. think. But yeah, um, he, he got on a Netflix show. Yeah, he got on a Netflix show. <laughs> I mean, it's more than I'm doing on my Ford Escort. So <laughs> <laughs> he's doing something right. Is he, though? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You still you still drive yours. Yeah. This is in a wall. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think we cleaned up everything there. So, again, yeah. thanks for coming on. I yeah. mean, I won't talk nationals, but it seemed like there's so much serendipity. There's, yeah. yeah we, we could talk for hours. And we really could. Maybe someday you'll get the, uh, you have the, to, the treasured uh, jacket of you multiple You got to be guests. there, man. You got to be there. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just... <laughs> it's on his calendar. I yeah. checked. Yeah. 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 We'll double check. We'll, yeah. Anyway. So, we always talk about projects on our show. And Daryl has done a whole bunch of stuff. I haven't done squat. I don't know what the story is. It's I been cold and yeah. it's winter already. I winterized, put some stuff away, and uh, I haven't done anything in the garage. I'm trying to think. I, I'm doing a light fixture in my dining room. That's about all I, that, I got going on. That actually, yeah, it's coming together real nicely <laughs> from what I understand. Uh, you know, I, I'm living vicariously through some other people, but it seems like I haven't done squat with cars. So I don't really have a whole lot to report on projects. Uh, what do you got going on, though? Me? Uh, not, not much. Dude, I, that's not true because you were playing games in Minnesota with Gabe Casey. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, so... <laughs> Weird games with logs and nails. And yeah, that. just huh. to paint that picture. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Gabe and I wound up, uh, Mr. Gabe Casey from a past episode or 12, um, we actually ran up to the town of Albany, Minnesota, which is uh, kind of near St. Cloud, uh, about an hour and a half northwest, I think, of Twin couldn't, Cities. Couldn't find anything in North Dakota? No, we actually <laughs> we were going to go to Canada, but this seemed a little easier. Um, Gabe won an auction on something. I won't spoil it. Yeah, we'll, we'll hang on to that. He'll be on the host show. But let's just say we, we ran a nine-and-a-half-hour hotshot trip with a rented trailer to grab the weirdest thing you could ever win at an auction Normal for Gabe Casey. Weird for most people. Right. Normal for him. Right. When you explain it to people and then you say, well, who went with you? Oh, well, Gabe Casey. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that makes, makes that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, loaded it. Brought it back home. We uh, met some really good people at the American Legion Hall up there. In which Albany? I, of all the places to hang and have a beverage and, and hang out and have uh, you know a good time on a Saturday night in Albany, the American Legion's where it's at. <laughs> really. Dirt cheap beer. I actually still have. Here, I'll show you guys. I mean, all I can think is if somebody says they're going to Minnesota, I'm like, oh, it's only six and a half hours to uh, Minneapolis-St. Right. Paul. But then they're like, oh, no, we didn't go to Minneapolis-St. Yeah. Paul. I still got a free drink ticket for there. Oh, man. Because they give those out to, you know, VIPs. Not just anybody, Daryl. Or people who win <laughs> the Hammerschlagen competitions. I tell you what, Minnesota, you guys in your travels, you've been through Minnesota, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aren't the people there the coolest? Oh, yeah. They're like, the, yeah. I know Minnesota. Wisconsin, nice. too. I, yeah, I think yeah. there's something about yeah. that upper Midwest thing. Pull tabs, yeah. though. Pull tabs is a huge thing up there. Oh, yeah. I had no clue. What do you mean? Uh, it, it, like bars, restaurants, stuff like that, they don't have like the video poker like we have. They yeah. have these little pull tab things that the bar distributes or whatever. I don't know. There's, it's probably some lotto situation. I don't understand it. But you get like – it's kind of like we have scratch-offs. Yeah. They sell you these pull-tab things and you just – for like a buck or whatever. And then you just pull these little windows. Uh, and it's almost like a slot machine, but it's like paper. And you have to right. line them up. And if you have stuff with lines on them, well, then you win or whatever. I don't know what happened, Gabe. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. But Gabe bought some. And he's like, here you go. And we both pulled some, whatever. No, I – None of us won anything. I yeah. think he won like another pull tab. Yeah, <laughs> right. and then he he gave some to some other dude in the bar. And I I don't recall much of what happened at, after that that night, but I think someone he gave them to won like two hundred fifty bucks. Oh man, nice. Which is like, you know, when you guys Wait. go to the casino and your one friend wins yeah. and everyone else is like yeah. sitting at the bar, yeah. like I already blew my fifty bucks. I'm done. Yeah, and your buddies upstairs with the shades on and the uh, <laughs> the Texas Hold'em tournament. Yeah. Like, what yeah. is going on here? Yeah, but it you're at the like American that. Legion, so 250 bucks. I mean, that's 250 beers, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure you get a plaque on the wall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe they give you your own mug, your own beer stein, and they just hang it on yeah. a hook. 
and say, see you next time. No, seriously, Minnesota's awesome. People are great. And there's a lot of old stuff in the weeds, uh, old farm equipment, old trucks. Just there's so much to see up there. But yeah. um, I was impressed. I mean, for you, you don't... I mean, I want to say you're a man of repetition, but you don't get out of state very much. It doesn't seem like. No. So for you to make this adventure with Gabe, I was like, there's no way those guys went all. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did. We drove up in terrible weather. And again, <laughs> this is all another show because there's a lot there. Okay. Uh, right, but we'll, I'll, we'll I'll save spoil it. too much. I'll save it for that. It was a good time. I do want to go back to, at some point, the world's largest truck stop in Walcott. Yeah. The IED truck stop. Is that where Zombie Burger's at? Or is that some, no, somewhere else? Uh, no, it's, it's got some. There's food court and weird okay. stuff in there, too. I don't know. But there's that truck museum. And we didn't have time. We were kind of on a tight schedule. But it's free admission. You can go see. And they've got restored, like, Diamond T's and Mac Model B's and, like, really cool old semis, which you never really see old stuff like that. So sure. would have been cool to do. But instead, I think we just got, like, some Gatorade and uh, <laughs> Jack Links and kept going, uh, which is also fun. Road trips are fun because you eat garbage. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and the other thing is I'm working on another carb rebuild. Yeah. I got a guy in my car club who's like, Oh, you hey. must have heard the last show. No, no. It was someone else <laughs> in the club's like, hey, you know, Daryl rebuilds cars. It's like, oh, really? And then the next meeting I got a, it was like a shoebox with a Holly two-barrel in yeah, it. Yeah, speaking of, you haven't given me the receipts so I can get you paid on the oh. one you actually did because it, it was on the clock. You're fine. No. Did it? Did that one I for the Jeep, did it get it, back it, on? It still sits there in the box after the urgency was, was pressed on me. And it was really? Doing, yeah, so we'll, we'll get it on there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just curious because I'm wondering if that little vent is going to hold that repair that I did with the epoxy. Was that a float? No, no. What was that? No, it's like a vent. It's like a uh, like a check valve, like a vacuum check valve goes on the top. And yeah. it was all cracked, but you had to like drill out rivets and stuff. And like the, the replacement ones that I saw online didn't look anything like that. So I'm like, I'm just going to epoxy this and mm-hmm. call it good. I, it'll probably be fine. Yeah. But maybe not. But probably. So what do you got going on? What do you got cooking, Tim? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> for next season, I need better damping. So I'm going to have to tear the suspension apart and get, get those revalved. What do you got on there, coil, coilovers? Yeah, it's, uh, I got BC coilovers, like the, just the Taiwanese, you know, off the shelf. And they've gotten me this far. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, everybody who drove the car this year said it just needs better damping. It's a little little bumpy. I'm getting porpoising and some of the rougher, uh, you know, sweeping. Porpoising. Yeah. That's yeah. a good term. Yeah, it's yeah, porpoising. Yeah. <laughs> it's Hard on coming up for air. That's kind of a... Like, I, I had only heard that term a few times until this year for Formula One, and then all of a sudden it's like, what are they doing about the porpoising? All the cars are porpoising. I'm like, wow. It's, if this <laughs> was a like drinking game, guys, like, yeah. yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, yeah, a little more horsepower. Um, it's hard to find parts for a Ford Escort ZX2, but I'm looking for an adjustable intake cam gear, and we might go E85 with it. I've got some bigger ITBs from a GSX-R1000 that I'm going to throw on there. Nice. Yeah, we are going to play around with uh, velocity stack length and just dyno it like an entire day. Just change the length of the stacks, find out what size I need. Side, yeah. n- side note, you pop the hood, somebody sees ITBs on that, do they just lose Oh, everybody, mind? no, everybody flocks. Like, oh my gosh. What's like, this? I, I think I took the car to a Cars and Coffee once, which I'm not a, I'm not a Cars and Coffee kind of guy. Yeah? Unless there's like a Lancia Fulvia or something, you know, like something super weird that sure. nobody else is looking at, right? I'm not the supercar kind of guy. I don't want to see another Hellcat, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, another Camaro with like the Transformers sticker on right. it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I took it out there and like... Nobody went and looked at it or said anything or anything. <laughs> I was like, wow. But I take it to an autocross, and I'm just like, I pop the hood, and everybody flocks. Like, oh, my God. Like, how'd you do that? They asked me questions mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah. 
So it's definitely a conversation piece. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you're stepping up. You're going with the yeah. GSXR one. GSXR 1000 is going for a leader bike here. Yeah. I'm going to hot rod my escort with motorcycle yeah. parts. Yeah. So I'm going from a 38 millimeter throttle body to a 42. Um, <laughs> Times four. Do you, so. have, do you have like a, a whiteboard in your garage with like all these notes of things? No. You it's literally all in the no, head. No, I, uh, I went up against uh, Greg Anthony. He's got a neon ACR and FSP. I went up against him at Spring Nationals. This guy has a book. I mean, he's been doing this for, I don't know, two decades. He has a little notebook where he measures his tire pressures, every little adjustment he makes to his car. And between uh, between the pro solo and the, the solo the next day, the regular autocross, he changed out his spring rates. You know, he just like popped the car up in the air and changed out. I'm not that guy. I <laughs> You don't dabble with engineering. <laughs> I dabble I dabble with stuff. I, I you know, with uh, suspension settings and with, um, you know, tire pressures and things like that. But, sure. like, I'm a set it and forget it kind of guy with, like, modifications. I just I want to arrive and focus on my driving because my driving is what needs the most improvement. I have yeah. seen uh, noticed a few folks that, that are into autocross, and they yeah. almost they focus on the tuning. Right before, the, above all else, right, and it's like you can't make any adjustments until you get to a point where you run consistently, right, with the settings being what they are, with you being yeah. where you're at, right, uh, more than a couple times. So and, right now, I'm, I'm all about eliminating noise. So, um, and what I mean by that is. Uh, I want the car to be as consistent as possible so that I know when I'm making an improvement. Um, so I do adjust tire pressures every run, mm. but I take it down to whatever I had the run before. I don't sit there and say, oh, well, if I take a little more pressure uh, out, I might get more grip on this end of the car. You watch for changes. I you watch, have like a baseline. And yeah. Any, I, uh-huh. I just keep the tire pressures at the same pressure all day long, and then I can see where I'm making you know, improvements. I mean, if the back of the car is really loose, I might drop the rear pressures another two pounds or something to get it to stick better. But nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, so, like most people, like you said, they just they go out there and they worry about tuning the car. It's like that all gets lost in the noise because your consistency between each run is not great. So yeah, that's the issue. You it's might, the... you, yeah, you might make a good uh, adjustment to the car, but be slower because you took a line wrong or you know something. So right. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm trying to get to that point where I'm consistent and then I can change the car, but I, I don't think I'm that consistent yet. Well, so. besides revalving, yeah. what uh, what are some of the other things you're looking to do for next year? Um, I mean, really, that's the that and, and getting a little more horsepower out of it. I need to lighten the car up a bit. Um, I, I did have a project that I thought about doing. It's really weird. In uh, in str- <laughs> the guy you- with the ZX says this is really weird. I'm I'm interested. Like, no 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 no. Me. My no, this is <laughs> he's weird. gonna hollow out the whole body and just have like the. It's gonna be like a, a stock car. I don't think anyone's ever thought about <laughs> doing chassis. what I want to do. Yeah. So, in in my car, there's a lot like a really slow steering rack. So you have to like move the steering wheel a lot. I'm doing a lot of shuffling on especially local courses where there's tight turnarounds and 180s. I'm doing a lot of shuffling with the wheel. Whereas in the Spider, I can just keep my hands on the wheel and just kind of cross my arms over. With the mm-hmm. Escort, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get a smaller steering wheel, but that still doesn't change the steering angle, you know, like the amount of shuffling I'll need to do. Um, and I cannot change the steering rack or any of the steering geometry. Why is that? Class. Just the rules. So like in Street Prepared, I can update backdate. I can like – Swap in a rack from a different car, but of all the cars on the like that I could swap it to that I'm allowed to, they're all like a slower steering ratio, mm-hmm. so like it just is pointless. So uh, what I want to do is I want to put a planetary gear system <laughs> inside the steering wheel because the rules say I can have any steering wheel. 
So if I were to put a planetary system where the steering... Do they make those for trucks or something? Or? No, I don't think... I've never seen anything I've like I've seen this. them on hot rods. Really? I've seen them on... Like, I've seen not, steering wheel quickeners, which is in the steering column. Yeah, I've seen them on... Yeah, I've seen them externally mounted on a firewall on like a like a Model A, Model okay. T hot rod where yeah. you don't have a lot of room to work with. Right. Um, but not inside a steering wheel. So this basically cool. my steering wheel, I'd have to have some kind of like... <laughs> Basically, one set of gears has to be stationary. So uh-huh. you've, you've got a, a, a ring gear, you have your planetary gears, three planetary gears, and then you have your solar gear in the middle. And one of those has to stay stationary. So I'm going to have to find a way of like putting you know, axles out to like kind of interfere, like engage with the steering column because mm-hmm. I can't change the steering column. And then basically I'll be doing a three to two gear reduction. <laughs> so every two turns of the steering wheel, it would turn the shaft yep. three. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, the gears are turning in my head right now. Yeah. I'm like, this is like, you could probably get some stock from uh, uh, flaming river or one of those other companies yeah. that makes rack stuff. And, and then, yeah, how would you, so I found that um, electronic mountain bikes have these planetary gear reduction. Oh, is that how they, ch- is that like their sp- how they change speeds? No, it's just, it's how they decrease the amount of torque coming out of it. Because, I mean, you have too much torque on a mountain bike, you're, you're going to break stuff or you're yeah. just going to spin your wheels, right? So it's it's a way of, like, kind of reducing the torque. Um, hmm. So <laughs> it would also handle the amount of torque I'm going to put on the wheel. Because I would hate to, like, turn the wheel and strip out of gear and all of a sudden I don't have a steering wheel. I'm right, a passenger. Right into a <laughs> exactly. <laughs> tree. So that's my, my biggest drawback there is, like, if this thing breaks, I have no steering wheel. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a gear reduction – Inside of steering wheel, patent it, and then you can retire. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, should we should we black out this section oh, of the show gosh. so nobody knows? No, what I have, have to? I have asked people, uh, you know, at nationals and everything. Okay. Like I, I asked people, like, is this a thing that I could do? And they said, well, you could probably do it for one year, and then there will be a rule written about you. In- <laughs> <laughs> and the the more I talk to these old schoolers who have been around for you know decades autocrossing, they all take pride in having a rule written about them. That's awesome. So like yeah. Jose Hernandez down in St. Louis, he's Hernandez like, well, rule. he's like, well, um, you know, they said that you had to have a jack stand under the car when you're working on it, but I wasn't, I didn't have the car jacked up high enough, and I just needed to get a cone out from underneath it. So I just took a jack stand and laid it on its side and slid it under the car. <laughs> it has to be touching the car. So, so he said, now there's a rule that says like the car has to be like resting on the jack stand so like like i, I talked to all these guys like they have rules written about them uh i want a rule written about me that's a legacy that'll be my legacy yeah. there you go yeah i like yeah. that yeah <laughs> the end of the day that's the greatest thing to, to pass along to future generations right here's a rule book dude you oyered yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> and pe- all these people complain about how long the rule book is getting it's because of guys like me <laughs> yeah awesome I love it. We want to throw in some news? We got time for news, Daryl? Yeah, just a couple. Um, I, I probably could skip some of this you stuff. You sounded just like Jay Leno when you said, yeah, 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 right? yeah. yeah so everybody knows he is doing uh, okay-ish. Have you um, talked to him lately? Yeah, we're actually, we're, he's on speed dial. Okay. Now, Jay Leno, as everybody may or may not know, was in a really, really, really bad accident in his garage shop, um, what, last week, I guess yeah. it was. He was clearing out a clogged fuel line on a 1907 white steam-powered carts. He's got several of these things. He's got, like, Stanley steamers. He's got a couple whites. The whites was very interesting, huge, huge, almost looks like a, like a train running down the road. Really neat car. And people kind of wonder, like, well, what the heck's going on? If it's a steam-powered car, what's he messing with gasoline? It was a gasoline fire got into his hands. He was underneath the car working on uh, a clogged fuel line. And I guess 
when it all went down, explosion. Uh, he got burned third, second, third degree burns on his arms and his face mostly. Not cool. Um, so he's actually been recuperating at uh, Grossman Burn Center in Los Angeles. Uh, his buddy Tim Allen, another gearhead friend of his, uh, of course, stopped by and uh, TMZ was out in the parking lot and just <laughs> ambushed him. It was terrible. But he's like, you know, what, how's the question was great though. It was like, you know, how's, how's Jay doing? He's like, oh, he's doing fine. How is his face? And he's like, well, he didn't have that great of a face to begin with. <laughs> like Tim Allen was riffing, right? But it's like, we'll see what they got to work with or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because it's like, that's the kind of stuff that Jay probably was, he yeah. probably saw that on the six o'clock news yeah. and was like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Uh, but he's doing well. And uh, as obviously everybody's worried about him. Everybody in the hobby is also so taking it as an opportunity to kind of you know reach out and wish him well, but Hemmings wrote an interesting article though, and they were like gasoline steam powered car. What's up? Well, a lot of the early steam cars used either gasoline, kerosene, any anything that was flammable back then to run the pilot and the main burner to keep the boiler heated to generate the steam. So you'd still have to pressurize. This is, again, before the days of like electric fuel pumps or even mechanical pumps at this yeah. point. They used either gravity feed or a pressurized feed to, to, to prime and, and run the system. And I guess they speculated that he might have been using compressed air to blow out a clogged fuel line, uh-huh. and it might have... Uh, uh, the spray might have atomized, and as we know, any that, kind of And spark. that's what I've heard, the fuel atomized. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it could be like from a shop light. It could be from anything that creates a spark. Right. Yeah. It, there, there's a video on YouTube. I think he did something with Hemmings or something where he went over the process of how to start the boiler on that car, the 30-horsepower one that he has. Yeah. Um, and it was a 20-minute procedure. Like, yeah. I, I watched the video because, you know, there's links to it now on a lot of the news sites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at, at one point, there's just like fuel that's dripping from the bottom of the car on fire. And he's just like, oh, yeah, that's just how it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's like it's quite a process, and it's dangerous. It's scary. Yeah. And, yeah. and even working on you know my old stuff over the years or working on Gabe's Chrysler that has a weird vacuum tank mm-hmm. fuel pump delivery system, there's – You want to stand back in case it goes? Well, it's just – it's just part of life. Now everything's contained. I mean, we don't even smell fuel anymore. No. I mean, everything's got charcoal canisters and yeah. return lines. And so when you have an old car, even if it's something made from like up until like the 70s or 80s, and you park it in a garage overnight, you come out there, the first thing you smell is, it smells kind of gas. You know, it is funny it's, you say that because when you, when you look at old cars, they always have that smell to them, whereas yeah. new cars don't. That charcoal canister sitting on the fuel tank is doing its job. Oh, yeah. yes. It sits there in your garage and you hear that buzzing noise. Like, what's that? I don't know what's going on. My car's broken. Right. No, it's technology doing its job. So exactly. You don't smell gas and oil in your garage. Right. And it's a good thing because the stuff at the end of the day, it's a good reminder for everybody. And Jay's a seasoned old car guy, gearhead. He's He works on, you know, obviously he's got mechanics, but he's still in there in the trenches working on his old cool stuff. He's no stranger to the dangers of shop life, but it's a good reminder for everybody, even with years of experience as a hobbyist or as a, as a professional mechanic, engineer, whatever, you, it's always dangerous. Anything you're doing in a shop is dangerous, and you can never let your guard down. I always think of Richard Hammond. Richard Hammond has been in yeah. terrible oh, accidents yeah. doing Top Gear, but he still comes back. <laughs> so, I'm thinking Jay didn't see anything compared to what Hammond sees, and he still loves the hobby. Yeah, so. he hasn't gotten blown up in a jet car <laughs> right? You know, twice or whatever. Exactly. So. Now, that's that's pretty much the only news. And I, I did want to just throw a little shout-out to uh, the 2023 Prius. I'd like to talk about this. So, yeah, let's, yeah. let's talk about this real quick. So Go for this it. This was sourced from Toyota, the new 20, 
2023 Prius turns heads at the Los Angeles Auto Show. Turn up my vision here. Uh, the all-new Prius, it's the most fuel-efficient Prius ever. With a manufacturer estimated 57 miles per gallon combined, it features a fresh, sporty exterior and a fifth-gen hybrid powertrain with 196 horsepower. That's a lot of horsepower for Prius, folks. Yeah. What all is I, it now, like 60 or something? It's not. It's uh, 120, I think, is okay. what they're, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Following suit, the 2023 Prius Prime notably boasts a larger lithium-ion battery, uh, increasing its EV range by 50%. Both models updated with new tech offerings for enhanced connectivity and the latest Toyota Safety Sense system. 22 years later, the legacy and nameplate progresses forward and highlights Toyota's diverse approach to carbon neutrality. I kind of have a problem with the fact that this 200 horsepower is like the thing they're doing, and I hate to be that guy, but... Like we, that's the point they're talking about? Yeah, that's, everybody's talking about how it actually is faster off the line than uh, – I'm trying to remember what model car it was, but like our, our Celica or MR2 or something, something like quick, that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And I'm like, you don't buy a Prius because of that feature. So do we need 200 horsepower? Or was the 200 horsepower a byproduct of having a better drivetrain in this car? Oh, by the way, it just happens to rate up higher because we have a stronger EV motor in there. I don't know. Could but, be. They could They it, could also be using that, though, as an, like the, one of the big turnoffs for folks – the, if you wanted a Prius, you would have bought it already. And it's that's, the folks, I, I, I'm a two-time Prius owner, so maybe yeah. this is why this rankles me a little bit. I think it's the – and I've driven a couple Priuses. They're great. They're great cars. They, like merging onto an expressway is not something that I <laughs> would want to do in a Prius. Old old school Prius, right? Yeah. This one, if you start throwing around, hey, they finally got some they, – they're more powerful. Got they're some quicker guts. and you know, they're more efficient. Like, okay, you start throwing 300 horsepower, uh, maybe I'll give it a, another shot. As a – I don't know. I'm just trying to well, think. Well, no, no, that's fine. But I'm, and part of me says, well, what if we only had 150 horsepower, but this thing got 63 miles a gallon? Mm-hmm. Why didn't we think, you know, it, yeah. what's the trade-off here? Again, I don't know the engineering logistics of why we end up where we're at. But sure. 57, okay, that's a great number. But could, 57 still, to me, seems like a low number for cars today with all the technology and everything we have. I feel like we should be at 60 or 70 miles per gallon in some of these cars. Maybe, maybe I'm a dreamer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think because weren't those people doing like that? They hacked their Prius and was getting like 99 miles per gallon, sure. hyper mile yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's fun. That's appealing. But real world, what is it? 57. It's, well, and it's I and horrible. I yeah. I mean, I, I get customers telling me all the time they're getting 60 on their, their Prius. So it depends on how you drive. If you're 45 miles an hour, you know, for an hour a day, yeah, you're going to get excellent fuel economy. Oh, if yeah. you're the type of guy who gets on the interstate like my wife does, type of gal. Uh, and you're doing 90 miles an hour for 20 minutes, <laughs> guess what? That Prius fuel economy is about 42 or 43. Yeah, right, so, yeah. right. But it's still better than what we've, what we've had before. Man, I filled my forerunner yeah. up yesterday, $85. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, that's, there's 300 miles I'm going to get out of that. And that's not, so, not, so, <laughs> that's not good I, fuel economy. I have the 36-gallon tank on my F-150. Oh. Phillips are painful. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. can do them in Missouri, right? Well, in Missouri, thankfully, it's like 309 a gallon. Yeah, so. I was going to say, <laughs> it was two. My wife was down in St. Louis a couple of weeks ago. She yeah. was like, gas is 297. Yeah. I'm like, you're kidding. It was like 439 here. Right. I'm like, you're kidding me. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there was she- like two weeks where Illinois was actually cheaper than Missouri because mm. they did that gas tax holiday thing, which I think is still going, but the yeah, prices right. have still come up. Well, the gas stations figured out, hey, exactly. going to lower the taxes. We'll just raise the prices, exactly. right? Well, what else are you going to do? <laughs> where are you going to go? <laughs> 
But I'm in Tennessee. I'm like laughing all the way to the gas station. Oh, in yeah. Arkansas, same thing. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, it's so cheap. Yep. But as soon as you cross into Illinois, it's like crazy. Oh, I, I never fill up in Illinois. We're like we're like frogs in a boiling pot. We just didn't realize how high it got oh, here yeah. until we step outside the pot. And we're like, oh, it's yeah. true. Yeah. And yeah. even central. I'm going to throw this in here. Central Illinois is more expensive in a lot of cases Dude. than the collar counties of Chicago. Dude, Tazewell yeah. County is like 20 cents more expensive than McLean. Yeah. I, and I'd love to know where where that money is going. I've heard what it What is it explained. here in Tazewell right now? The gas? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even look. Do you yeah. that mean, do you really even look? I just <laughs> It was 390 It was actually dropped. It, it was it oh, was okay. I'll um, say the whole way up here like I always pay attention to like Springfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go by Decatur today, but like yeah, it was like still 380s. Yeah, three, 360s. Yeah. So Yeah, it's I don't know. I feel bad for anybody that bought a diesel in the last few years, too, because uh, oh, the whole yeah. trip to to and back from uh, Minnesota, yeah. I was looking at stuff, and diesel was like five fifty nine. I'm kind of glad I got the gasser as a tow rig. I got the 3.5 EcoBoost, uh, the Twin Turbo V6 with, nice. with the 10-speed, um, and it's the Gen 2, so it has the port and the direct injection, so I don't have to worry about the carbon buildup on the valves. But Do you like it? I love it. Yeah, it pulls yeah, well? It pulls really well. It's, it's even a decent daily driver. I hate large vehicles. I, I like Escorts and Fiatas and things like that. Sure. In fact, I would love to get a Suzuki Cappuccino someday, you know. But, um, yeah, it's, it does all the things I need it to do. But towing it gets like eight miles of the gallon. Yeah. Regularly it's like 17 to 20. So there's no way around that. I mean, no. that's – And, yeah, $160 fuel up or fill-ups, you know, it's yeah, getting old. That's tough. Yeah, 30, that's a big tank, man. It is. Yeah. You know what's fun about that Tundra, though, towing that, that – thing back to and from we towed an empty trailer uh, up there and then and then back with it it got the same yeah it got it it was like they don't change at all it was like 12 8 right and it yeah. just it just did it right and i'm like okay and they dropped the trailer and it was like not much better but yeah. right now it's cool it's it is nice having a good tow rig because i i do see some folks that'll that'll compromise on it they'll be like well i only gonna i'm only gonna tow a couple times a year i don't need to get like the the three five right, right. i don't need to get the this or that and they kind of undersize it and then when yeah. they do actually use it as a truck they're like this thing sucks now uh, <laughs> so- Mine, yeah mine's not bad um I, in fact i drive the truck more than i drive the fiat because when i drive the fiat I like to use the noisy pedal, and, <laughs> and so I'm only getting a couple more miles for the gallon better in the Fiat, in the 1.4 liter Fiat than I am the truck. Yeah, you right. drive the Supra or something like that. And you're like, oh, this gets better fuel economy. Well, not when you stab no. it to the yeah. ground every time you no. launch. Yeah, I love yeah. the noises it makes. So yeah, <laughs> a friend of mine. This thing doesn't get better than my Tundra. Right, yeah. a friend of mine. When I had my Mustang, I was complaining about you know gas mileage. And he sent me something. Keep your foot out of it, you idiot. <laughs> right, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, but I don't want to drive it that way. It's not why I bought it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, the noisy pedal. <laughs> All right, we're going to skip a moment of Musk because Elon. I, this is unprecedented. Has, is it peak? Is it peak Elon? I think season. I think Elon has I, been in the I news feel like so it much. Needs its own show. It, yeah, yeah. The Elon Chronicles. <laughs> Trying to run Twitter yeah. like it's a startup again. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually some news about the uh, the guys who ran off and tried to to save. Uh, oh, our our friend Carlos. Yeah, I think oh. one of them got released from Japan. I was going to put that Gunn. in the news, but we had other stuff going right. on. So we'll hit it up. Yeah, we'll yeah. skip that. Guess what? That that news story will continue to go and go. But but there was something I did want to note. What's that? Uh, this is in the national news. Tesla's flooded during Hurricane Ian are spontaneously igniting in its aftermath. Have you heard that story? No. It was a little bit That's of that. the one thing that kind of concerns me about electric cars is having a giant lithium yes. fire starter in your garage. In your garage. Mm, exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this was... Uh, We're going to have to have a triple F... Uh, <laughs> 
like airplane hangar style fire suppression Halon systems in our system, garage yeah. now. The uh, Department of Transportation in Florida is actually watching this too. Authorities say saltwater corroded batteries are causing fires and often reignite themselves after being extinguished. It's a Delta fire. It creates its own oxygen. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, seriously? Yeah, lithium. It's, it's a metal. So that's a that's class, it, class like, D. It's a Delta fire. Like magnesium yeah. or yeah. something like that. When, when, just... when we had these in the Coast Guard, like if if, uh, the, if, the, helico- <laughs> yeah, if the helicopter <laughs> uh, went on fire, I, I was actually a rescue salvageman as one of my like duties on the, on the oh, boat. Wow. I was in a like an asbestos lined and uh, a hot potato looking suit on the back whenever we do hot in flight refuels and things. Um, if that helicopter ever had an incident on the deck, the way you put out the fire is to push it overboard. That's it. The $30 million HH-60 Jayhawk would go in the drink because wow. you can't put out a Delta fire with, you know, fire And so that's why it's creating its own oxygen yeah. underwater, it's still burning. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, you ever shoot a, a flare off into the water? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it still burns. What, it's, what's it's in a, a flare? It's uh, like usually magnesium okay. or phosphorus. It's a metal. <laughs> I'm learning so, so much yeah, today. Me- metal it. fires create their own oxygen. So, so that's cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably fine. Right. That's probably fine. So I brought up this article, and we can put a link to it. Uh, but like I said, Florida's watching this. And I, Mr. Fort, he lost his house to a fire during Hurricane Ian. And it flooded. It, I mean, which was terrible enough. There's pictures of water all the way up to his, his soffits at his house. And trash the house. Well, the day later, his neighbor who stayed uh, and watched the whole thing, said, hey, your house is burning down. Well, he was one of many houses in Florida that burned down because Mike has a RAV4 EV in his garage. Oh. And the RAV4 EV, if you don't know, is basically a Tesla from 2014. Oh, like the one, yeah, the, 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 the one at your the dealer. dealer. Yeah. The yeah. one of those white ones. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I mean, the flood comes in. Uh-huh. And, and, and we talk about this all the time at, at work because we're geeks with this stuff. If you're going to neutralize a Tesla battery or an EV battery or even just a lithium-ion battery, our instructions through Toyota are basically buy a kiddie pool at Walmart, throw two containers of Morton salt in there, let it brine, and then dip the battery uncovered in there and just let it just eat. Oh, yeah. That's what you're supposed to do before you can transport it. We can't do anything with this thing. Because it discharges it, makes yeah. it... Yeah, neutralizes it. Okay. Yeah. But the problem is when you have... And I don't, I don't care what it is, if it's Tesla or Rivian or whatever... If you have a, a battery that's still encased in probably a coolant sleeve of some sort, mm-hmm. mostly protected except for where the connector goes into the battery, mm-hmm. you're going to have this open space where oxygen is going to transfer out. It's going to let a little bit of water in there, and then salt water is a conductor. At that mm-hmm. point, if the floodwaters recede, now we have salt water intermixed in these battery terminals, right? and that thing's going to eat. It's just going to start getting hot. It's going to change the internal resistance of the battery as well. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to start cooking itself. So yeah. when you Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago when you said something about you know, there was house fires mm-hmm. after the flood down there. My, my brain is like, everything's wet. Right. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. Every but, time the po- but the power went out. So there's no power. So what's causing these fires? And it's, it's all these EVs. EVs. And, they're, and they're they're watching it very closely. So now <laughs> let's think about insurance rates. If you wow. live on the coast, if you live in a floodplain, yeah. and you have an EV. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what is that? does that change the dynamic of insurance companies? Why? Did they okay. even think about this type of stuff? That's before? what I was going to say. Did, did yeah. anybody... There's an actuarial table ma- being made right now. Well, it's, the same, it's the same thing when we talked about like Rivian having all the cold weather issues. It's like, yeah. here's this great invention in a laboratory, mm-hmm. but right. we put it in a real-world application, and, ooh, maybe this isn't great, or we need to refine, or we need to... Whatever. But you can't tell me, like... Remember the Dreamliner? They had all those issues with the cockpit recorders and stuff, oh, yeah. the lithium blowing up cockpits, and they grounded them all mm-hmm. during testing. Like, have we not learned, like, real-world applications in some instances introduce things like moisture, 
the heat, the temperature extremes, like all these things that we will deal with when there's millions of these things roaming the earth. Yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be Sally. You know, no, I'm just trying no. to be a Debbie Downer on this whole thing. But at the same time, what do you? Uh, what was? What's the solution though? I don't know. So these cars get flooded. And much like any other flood car, they probably get taken to a co-part or some facility, some holding pen until they can process, recycle them, whatever. Um, but they're a fire hazard, right? Definitely a fire hazard. So that was the other thing. Uh, as part of this, there was a tweet from the uh, Secretary of Transportation of Florida, and he showed a holding facility with all the totaled out cars. Oh, yeah. I see it here. And it shows like hundreds of these cars oh, all wow. sm- smashed together yeah. is gassers. But look at the electric cars. Oh, wow. They spread them out. Yeah, because they're gonna if they go up and fire, they're just gonna spread and spread. Well, isn't spread. that one of the when that container ship caught on fire with all the Porsches and yeah, the, it and took the whole ship down. Yeah, same. Th- that's right. That was the, the with the Porsche take-ans. take-ans and that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So it's a whole different dynamic. Something to think about in the future. I don't know. the future. The future in the, <laughs> the year two thousand. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So everybody. Uh, Sorry, Elon. It's just one more reason that, uh, you know. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> All right. That theme song, that tells you, folks. I, I don't know if you know this. I don't. Daryl and I sometimes look at cars online. Sometimes. And, okay. then, <laughs> and then we share them with each other by Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Sometimes even Gabe's. In the, sometimes Gabe just buys stuff, so it's not even that much fun. Yeah, he didn't but, even share it. It just appears. But the Cars of the Week segment is where Daryl and I have done our dreaming. And, and anymore, I don't even show it to my wife. I just I send it to the group chat. Say, hey, guys, what do you think about this? I'm not going to buy it, but it's really cool. <laughs> That's Cars of the Week. We dream about it. We scheme about it, but we usually don't pull the trigger. Tim, you, Tim, you don't look online at cars, do you? I do. In fact, I'm pulling up my Facebook right now just to tell you guys about this <laughs> this page. There's a Facebook page called, well, it, there used to be one called Obscure Cars for Sale. Yes. It's a good group. Are well, you in it, that? Maybe. It was until, like, everybody was, like, here's a 1989 Grand Am. Like, it's not obscure. It's not obscure. Dude. Just because it's a survivor doesn't yeah. mean it's... Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. so, this one is called Obscure Cars for Sale 3.0 Because 2.0 Sucks. And <laughs> <laughs> it has been the best Facebook group for, right. for obscure cars. I'll have to hop on that. Yeah, yeah. got to get an invite. All, All right. right, so I'm going to start this this off this week. You're going vintage, my friend. I am. So there was a car that popped up that was on like a Sotheby's auction site. It was invaluable.com. It was a 1971 Toyota Crown, but it was a sedan, and it was it was pretty cool. And I and I, they said the auction value was probably fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars. It was in like a nice army green. It was a cool car, but it was. I think you sent me a link to it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was a barn find. I mean, it was nothing special. But the crown is coming back as a new model for Toyota here next year. Should be super cool. But I didn't even realize these cars still floated around. So I did a Google search. Actually, I went to Car Gurus because that's still one of the best sites online to find obscure oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, they, there's a 1968 Toyota Crown wagon for mm. sale in Cadillac, Michigan. It's twelve thousand dollars now. It seems like a premium, but I got that cool magazine, uh, that uh, test drive magazine, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and, and I think it was nineteen sixty eight. That magazine, but one of the things I saw was a picture of a guy sitting sideways in the third row, because the seat didn't pop up and face backwards like a Buick Roadmaster. Oh. It actually faced the passenger side, so two people could sit there and look out the passenger side. And then if you got in a T bone accident, you can make sure their heads went right through the glass. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, but anyway, this car is super cool. It's a, it's a milky tan color, that classic 60s color. It's mm-hmm. a 1968 Toyota Crown Wagon. It still runs and looks great. Fun to drive. All original inside and out. We'll need paint, but not much more. Vehicle is on consignment at our client's home. Um, it looks totally cool. This The Crown is actually a much bigger car than I can even imagine Toyota making today. I mean, it's almost like 
a Ford sedan or a Chevy sedan from that era. It'd be fun to have something big like that. It reminds me of an Edsel wagon. Yeah, it does kind of have some like Ford like yeah. trim on it and yeah. stuff. Uh, I've never. You ever seen one of these in the flesh? No, I have not. I've, I've never s- heard of a Crown. I've seen. I bet the oldest Toyota of that vintage is like a mid seventies Cressida that mm-hmm. I've seen. I was going to say, is this like pre Cressida? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, the Crown is uh, basically the Crown became the LS four hundred here in the United oh, States. Okay. So as a car, as a car progressed over the years, it got bigger and bigger. But then they didn't take the Crown badge and bring it over here. A lot of the premium cars from Japan turned into Lexus models. Yeah. And of course, Lexus can't name anything. Got put like letters and numbers behind right. everything. Yeah, like a Mercedes or something. Yeah. Here, here's here's your Crown wagon. I'm looking at old. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Advertising there. Totally cool. Well, I, it, looks very American. I, it does. It does. It does. It reminds me of my my grandfather's Ford when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but and the wagon has more of that European look, almost like well, maybe one of your old Volvos or something. I was like going to say the greenhouse for sure is like yeah. two forty, a one forty series. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little bigger. It looks like a big car. It does look like that back seat with that third row that pops up like that. Would that be a like an inline six? You think yeah, probably at that size. I so had to guess. Is the new Crown going to be a crossover? Yes. Yeah, well, the new Crown is basically a Venza oh, okay. uh, on steroids. It's going to be a little bit more low slung, more of a luxury sedan. Okay. Yeah, all-wheel drive, hybrid. I think they're all going to be hybrids. Yeah. So anyway, that is my pick, and it's a little vintage. It's probably the oldest thing I've picked in a long time if it wasn't like some kind of a European uh, European little convertible. Right. <laughs> something, something cute. It's cool. I, I, I approve of that purchase. I think you should Thank you, sir. get 12000 cash and head to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't even talk to the wife on this one. Actually, your car looks super cool, so... I'm going to sit back and admire your selection. Well, this is um, kind of a, a random thing. It wasn't obscure cars for sale. It was a, some other channel I think I was following, and it's a it's a guy from the UK who just like spotlights old British cars. Car yeah. Cave Scotland. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a website, you know. <laughs> oh. um, so I followed this dude, and he's he was talking about the Ford Corsair. Now I've heard of the Ford Cortinas, right? And everybody, you know, that's kind of a little bit interested in in European stuff probably knows about like the Ford, uh, the Anglia, the Anglias, yeah. the uh, you know the Escort Mark ones and twos that were all over like Colin oh, McRae yeah. rally early oh, yeah. stuff, right? But I never heard of of this guy and the Corsair. I think of that. It's another Edsel reference. Right. Ford Edsel <laughs> used that as a. It was a trim series of of Edsels. I think it was the top of the line. Um, but apparently they used this thing over in the UK, and it was designed in the same time as like the uh, the sixty one two three Thunderbird. So this has a very similar front end treatment, but it also kind of looks like an old school Mazda, like GL sedan from like the seventies. Oh yeah, it, it, it's just a weird mashup of stuff. From that angle, it looks RX three ish. Yeah, yeah, good yeah. call. The big, huge uh, headlights, right. bezels, and stuff. Cute little car. It's a four door saloon. Um, this originally would have come with a Ford V four, which they ran in a lot of cars for <laughs> so a like while. Like the quad four, uh, probably, worse. <laughs> probably worse. But I'm also a, a quad four GM apologist, yeah, as true. you know. Yeah. Um, but this thing it would have run the V four, but somebody swapped in the earlier Ford fifteen hundred. Uh, which was a um, I can't remember what I think I even highlighted this because Tim might appreciate. Oh, the Kent inline yeah, four the Kent, cylinder, the old Kent engine, yeah. Which was a they, they used to run that in the open wheel formula cars as well. Did uh, they in England? Yeah. 
I seem like that was also kind of a popular swap for a lot of the other British, like MGs or oh, Triumphs yeah. or something. If you grenaded, grenaded your motor, you're like, well, I've got this 1500 out of my mom's car or whatever. Right. I just pop that in. This thing's a cute little blue sedan, four door with a five speed, uh, four speed on the floor. It's from South Africa, but it was imported to the UK, so there's not a lot of rust. And uh, it looks like this thing has kind of been played around with a little bit, but still looks like a stock car. I don't think these had a whole lot of uh, racing pedigree, (laughs) (laughs) just because I just don't. But maybe someone out there in La La Land will tell me. Um, the, The funny part about this, too, is of that era... All the British cars seem like all the wheels are the same, like stamped steel wheels, little yep. holes for the vent for the brakes, mm-hmm. and then the little cute little chrome cu- hubcap. They're like 165, 80, 13 tires. I don't even think you can find those anymore. No, it's getting really hard to find 13-inch tires right now because uh, I was thinking about going down to 13s on the Escort. You, yeah. can't, even fi- you can't find wheels or tires. Yeah, yeah. even 14s on right. some of the – Oh, uh, 14s like an obsolete size. Yeah, it's getting tough. Hoosier yeah, doesn't really even hard, make yeah. a 14 anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. BF Goodrich, I think, does. Like really? you can get a radial TA and a, like a Cooper Cobra. Um, yeah, Cobras. I yeah. think you can still find them sometimes. But yeah, it's just it's it's weird. Anyways, this that was my pick. It was a cheap little sedan. I think it'd be fun, but also you know talk but about. You have to add shipping though, so it wouldn't yeah. be that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. so about four grand, which with the. Well, I'm sorry, 4,000 pounds, which if you do the conversion rates, like 4,700 Dude, the conversion rate's stupid right now. Because <laughs> I bought yeah. Aiden some stuff uh, from England, some, some Warhammer stuff yeah. for Christmas. It was like one for one dollar. I mean, it used yeah. to be, you know, you're paying two for one. It's Now's the time to buy anything British. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's buy British yeah. right As now. As a matter of fact, I should go on vacation to Stone Edge like next week. Anyway. Yeah, I'm angling, <laughs> angling to go over to the UK here in the in the spring. So we'll right. see. I'll, maybe I'll pack one, pack one of those in my luggage. There you go. Tim, do you know the rules of the game? I, I do. do you understand I was, that I was going to break the rules this time <laughs> because, you know, you guys are like, well, what car have you been looking at to buy? And I was like, yeah. well, I want to downsize my stable. Could I just say that, you know, there's a, a 2018 Fiat Spider of Arth for sale no, no, and try to sell my car. But and, no, and we no. throw you out promptly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, if you know a guy. I, I, I went and found a car to play by the rules. Um, I'm just pulling up the link now. It, there's nothing special about it. Like it's Well, that's okay. But you, it's a you, Mazda 323 GTX, 1988. Yes. Uh, so the GTX was the all-wheel drive model. Um, hatchback, right? Yeah, yeah. Hatchback with a little, the little tiny wing on the bottom, and the it turn. It's like a kind of a oh yeah, gray powder oh, blue. Yeah. That's like, a cool little, little bit of rust over the you know, wheel arches and that. So this car is a BG chassis, just like the Ford Escort ZX2. Um, I actually have like the shocks for my car on on the race car are from a 323 GTX. They're a direct swap to the Escort because nice. they don't list the Ford ZX2 on any coilover website or, <laughs> or anything. It's like, yeah, they, didn't, they never made parts for it. So you have to pick parts off of other cars. Um, so I mean, it's a manual transmission in Plymouth, Michigan, uh, 146,000 miles, just found it on Facebook. It looks like it's already pending sale. Dude, that's a fun-looking little car. But yeah. Reminds yeah. me of my Dodge Colt from the 80s. Yeah, yeah, but add a turbo and all-wheel drive. Yeah. And so then you, you got something. That's cool. The the guy bought it to rally cross and ended up not having time to do it. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with this yeah. car. So, I mean, it's, it's 3800 bucks, and I want to decrease the stable, so that's not going to happen. But I have been talking to a few of my friends, and what I would like to do is the 100-acre wood rally yes. in Rolla, Missouri. Yes. It's a Rally America stage rally yes. in the Central Missouri area, mm-hmm. and 
there was a guy, I guess. Only, Have you been to any of those? Oh, I haven't. I, I keep meaning to like Because Northern Wisconsin, they do them too. But I yeah. think that's a further drive than going down to the 100 Acre Woods. It is. For, I mean, yeah. 100 Acre Wood for me is well, a for you, two yeah, you're hour, in St. Louis area. Yeah, 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 two, yeah, maybe three. I don't know. But I would love to be a course marshal or something yes. like that. Just help out. Um, is it a winter rally? It is. Okay. It's like February or early March. So, yeah, I would love to just slap some snow tires on a 323 GTX, throw a roll cage in it real quick, <sighs> yes. and just have hell. a ball. <laughs> there was a guy, like, you know, a number of years ago who took, um, like, a E30 uh, BMW, put a cage in it. He bought the car for, like, 500 bucks, put a cage in it, and won, like, his class, and then, like, went on to several other, like, Rally America stage rallies. Nice. And just, like, didn't dominate, but, like, he did really well with, like, a $500 car. I just thought, you know, if I'm going to, like, race – not yeah. 80 miles an hour sideways through the trees. I want to be in a disposable car. Like, yeah. yeah, with a cage. <laughs> with exactly. a cage. With a yeah. cage. With a cage. I don't know if you guys ever saw Jeremy Foley's crash on, on Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy, oh, the, well, just like Evo. a year or two ago? No, it was maybe, maybe five or six years ago. Okay. But he went off around Engineer's Curve and just tumbled down that mountain. And he and his co-driver's navigator walked away from it because the cage builder was that good. Yeah. I mean, when you watch the videos of the thing, you just wonder how anybody survived. And I think they still have the crinkled up car in the museum there at Pikes Peak. Just put it on display. It's yeah. like a warning, like, hey, yeah. make sure you, yeah. you know. So, and Jeremy Foley is another guy that you can see out at Nationals, too. Just That's cool. So many. So those events, because uh, I always watch Snowdrift. I'm, yeah. I'm, on, I'm on all of the lists for those rallies. Oh, and, yeah. and I want to go up there uh, to Lake Superior Rally and the yeah. Snowdrift Rally. Um, so amateurs race on Saturdays. Oh, right? okay. And then the I pros race on Sundays, I think, is yeah. how they do it. They let. Or maybe it's Fridays and Saturdays. Maybe the amateurs race on Fridays. I'm not sure. I haven't been that serious about going, but I want to go. I really want to go, too. I really want to (laughs) go. There you go. You don't need more time. I know know, uh, 100 Acre Wood Rally, you know, like – you know, Ken Block shows up. Yes. And, you know, yeah. and, uh, same thing in Lake Superior. Travis too. Pastrana, like yeah. all these people. The big, yeah. the, the big oh, yeah. heavy the, hitters. The, the household names. Yeah. yeah. There's so many amateur race teams on on Facebook. You can watch. You know, these guys. Set, and they'll do live feeds. Yeah. You know, from the paddock and stuff like that. Yeah. And you see these beater like golfs and stuff like that that they're racing. Oh yeah. Like, oh, it looks like so I wanna, much fun. I want to be that guy. Yeah, I do too. I was thinking about getting like a Festiva or something like that, and yeah. and but I think a three two three GTX that'd be that'd be a force right there. Yeah. 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 I think that would be bucket list material. Oh, absolutely. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like the idea. Man, you just <laughs> just so many things to do, so little time. I know. Yeah. Anyway. You've got to get on obscure cars for sale 3.0, yeah, comma, it, because yes. 2.0 sucks. Because two, S-U-X. you got to spell it right, man. S-U-X. Yeah. All right. I'm going to sign up for that one. All right. And with that, I think you've killed another 90 minutes with uh, Throwing Wrenches podcast. How do we do, guys? We did. We did pretty good. Is this a high water mark? Yeah. I think maybe. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll see what I can fish out production on this one. Okay. Yeah, no, you, you'll definitely do a I'm better job. I'm gonna massage job. the uh, keys. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna work on my skill set. I'll sharpen up. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll get back. Tim, thank yeah. you so much. It's been Thanks a pleasure. For me. Yeah. We we definitely have to have you up again because it sounds like you don't stay still. We could You're do, always doing something. We could so. probably do a whole episode on just what I've done to that stupid car. Like it's. No, we got we got people listening. We got people listening. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> I, I'm going to get the uh, escort nation on the podcast now. So yeah, we're about to double your viewership. <laughs> we're huge in Michigan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I think we have four four watchers, but we have more listeners well, yeah, than yeah, viewers. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, it was awesome to have you, and, and yeah. you drove a ways to get here, and I think it's going to be a great show. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to the feedback from from escort nation. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, I'm Daryl Scott. I'm Eric Stahl. And Tim Weir. See you next time. All right.